are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. And remember, you can always go to swordchomp.com where you can access the many places our podcast is available for download. But if you're listening to the show right now, that means you found us, partner. So welcome to the madness that is the Chomp Cast. Um, you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash swordchomp. If you'd like to support us, I'll talk a little bit more about our Patreon later. Um, great show today. The overwhelming... Oh, it's short. <laughs> that, was, that was it. It's all done. It's been it was fun, a blur. Guys. I don't remember anything. Well, that's what happens when you drink that much, Josh. Hmm. It was a great show, though. Good <laughs> to know. It really was. It really was. I don't remember it, but I remember I had a good time. Hmm. Um, the, the overwhelming Western opus from Rockstar has finally landed... On the gaming world. I always say gaming world as if there's some sort of weird... It's like a metaphorical, you know, I'm building that physical entity for the, the, the it's, mental image. It's kind of like that Chappelle show skit where uh, Dave Chappelle, he goes into that mall-looking place and it's actually the internet. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. he's walking around and uh, he has to fight spam ads and uh, he, he has to constantly deal with the guy... Who walks up to him and says, hey, you want to grow your penis three to five inches? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the sure same do. thing in the gaming world. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's a visual representation of, of an idea. So, I'm never going to get this intro, yeah. today, <laughs> this intro today. That's okay, though. Eventually, that's what's going to happen. The, the intros will just get uh, more degenerated over time. Um, is that the word I'm looking for? Degenerated? They will degenerate more over time? Disintegrated? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> Great show today. The overwhelming Western opus from Rockstar has finally landed on the gaming world. And we have the first impressions of Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, and we switch from overwhelming to quite underwhelming as we discuss bad games, in parentheses there, bad games, that we would still recommend people to check out um, with help from our Instagram community, at Swordchomp. Um, tie up your horse, sit back, and relax, because we have some great polls to run down. <laughs> Straight from the at Swordchomp Instagram page, we have all the poll topics from this past week, including topics like taking work off to play Red Dead Redemption 2, chopping fish's dick off, is the killer app for the PSVR Astrobot too little too late. Um, I've also been playing this game called Crosscode we want to discuss Into the Breach Finally Fish has got himself into the breach That's not sexual innuendo We have Patreon shoutouts All that and more On this week's Chompcast Alright let's get to some intros here No time to waste I can already feel like this is one of those excellent Amazing fun shows that's just going to be Going on forever um, uh, But you know Up first returning to Michigan uh, after being here in Montana, the one and only Joshua Fowler is here with us as he has returned to his home place. Um, Josh, I'm, I'm cleaning up your sloppy seconds all week, all right? Um, I, you left your, we finished, we still had some uh, rum left in that fancy uh-huh. rum you got. Yeah. Uh, the cigar, I'm still finishing off that cigar that we had left over. All right. Uh, I'm still cleaning up all your levels in Astrobot that you didn't finish. So, or, well, that you did finish, but I'm just kind of <laughs> I'm going back <laughs> through them and pretending I did all the work when I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and he, there's probably more. He brought fish and myself over there so he could finally platinum a game. 
It was his true motive. That was the for goal. Inviting yeah. us over. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he work. He tried. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah. The Platinum game is fucking hard, man. Moss is like a, <laughs> a two-hour game. And all three of us played through it. Me, Fish very thoroughly, and then Josh, who's the most thorough person I know. And we couldn't Platinum it. So I was like, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that shit. If three of us can't Platinum it, then the Platinum is just ridiculous at that point, in my opinion. It's too, it's too obscure. But I don't know. We talked about Platinums before. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. But yeah, Josh, so uh, how's it been being back, back in town? It's been nice. Been uh, trying to trying to deal with a bunch of insurance stuff and whatnot. Because while I was gone, um, my wife hit a deer, and so we've got to get a car fixed now. So we're, you know, dealing with all the hoops to jump through there. Uh, get that taken I mean- care of. Who needs a car when you live in the middle of nowhere, right? It's true. Just call an Uber. It'll only be a hundred dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was sarcasm. I, yeah. <laughs> I did hear I did hear that sometimes when you fly back home from Montana that you end up being a little sore in some interesting places. Is that true? <laughs> it depends who you're flying home to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's just say if you miss your loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of making up to do. Um, but we're, we're glad you've returned to us, Josh. Speaking of somebody who flew back from Montana but is not sore at all, the... the <laughs> oh, he set me up, come hey. on. Hey, now. Hey, hey. Now his heart's sore because he misses us so much. That's the uh, Filipino Johnny Depp, Anthony Fisher, back again. Howdy, partners. Who the hell? Somebody's listening to something. Watching, I hear it. Watching basketball over there? What's happening? God damn it, Shay! That's not professional! It's professional I have my sports. shit muted. You guys can hear it? Mm-hmm. Yes, we can hear it. Now we all know you're How watching unmuted. basketball. <laughs> and we heard it on the podcast. <laughs> That's the kind of I dedication you get here at the Trumpcast. <laughs> yeah. Did I really? I'm yeah. so sorry. I thought I was mute. I put mute. Hmm. Just like, really, you guys can hear me? Like, ti- like NBA highlight. <laughs> all, all jokes aside, you guys could hear me. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. yeah, how did we know about it? There's, we can't see your hands. Well, ho- hold on. Hold on. Take a second. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving all this I, in. This is too good. This is I too damn mute good. I mute on my fucking... All right. Uh, all right. Anyways, all right. um, that's okay. We'll get to Shane a little bit. He's living his... He's got to dribble the ball yeah. of shame. You may right have now. fixed your mic in the recording and then not in Skype after changing everything around earlier. Oh, boy. Or something weird to, like that. He couldn't keep his secrets right. from us. His secrets were exposed. That makes sense. That makes <laughs> sense because when I was editing the show last week, I was making some really like nasty ass noises. I'd like burp and shit. And I was like, oh, no one can hear me. And then like I listen to the recording and I hear <clears throat> like shit like that. And I was like, oh. Oh, I kind of uh, like that though. No, the idea that you think that. you're muted, so so we just see all these dark things <laughs> about your life. You're just burping and watching <laughs> basketball highlights. All <laughs> it, was, it was weird. Like a lot of those noises that get cut out. Like I was editing and I hear shit like 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 as I'm like getting up or sitting down. Like those weird noises and shit. And I was mm-hmm. just like, who the fuck is making all these weird noises? And then I would mute myself and I'd be like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I try I not to move. I'm just, this shit I do. 
I'm gonna try and be as frozen as possible. Yeah, it's all right. Anyways, fish, um, we're we're glad you're here this week. I know you played a little Red Dead. You've returned. I know mm-hmm. you talked about this last week. You're kind of in a rebuilding point in your life because you're looking for a new job. Um, as you know, as well as we depleted all of your money here in Montana. So, yep. uh, but it, we found out before the show that for some reason our Xbox accounts are linked. So you're getting all my games that I download. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice a wonderful phone. surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden, just... my Xbox One was saying downloading Red Dead Redemption Two, and I was like, "All right, I was just gonna watch some Netflix, but okay, let's That's just fucking this weird." Our our homoerotica bond is so strong, fish, that we can reach across half of the United States, and our Xbox accounts will join together because we cannot be separated. Even when you leave Montana, we will not be separated. That's right. Yes. That's right. That's definitely homoerotic. Yes! At work. That's, that's all we can do from here is we can touch accounts. <laughs> we can't touch anything else. Just the, just the tips of our accounts. But I'm but, um, glad you're here. Um, actually, Shay, that set us up because, Josh, we did the whole sore thing. So that actually set me up so I didn't actually have to go to the actual joke I had for you. <laughs> um, which is a little bit of a, a deep dive. So thank you mm. for being here. Of course, Shay Layton, who we've already introduced um burping and watching basketball from japan the professor how are you doing shay uh, um I'm, i feel i still feel really bad <laughs> but i'm doing good i'm doing good um last night i went to a halloween party and i was dressed up as um um i'm spacing the name i'm spa- richard from hotline miami and Which... absolutely no one knew who I was. Everyone's <laughs> oh. like, oh, you dressed up as a chicken. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that. Yeah. I dressed up as a chicken. Mm-hmm. We need but those nah. pictures. I'm going to dress up as Richard. Halloween. I even, like, I bought this little, like, toy bat, and I put some fake blood on it. And uh, no one knew. Mm-hmm. They're like, why are you coming around a bat? I'm like, motherfucker. Be cultured. There's a whole gaming world out there. Mm-hmm. There are people living in a gaming world, and you're living in this boring, normal world. Mm. You know yeah, what? it's sad. They all just looked at you and thought you were just a cock that beat people. Oh. They secretly were thinking, fucking gaijin, otaku. Mm-hmm. Just like saying that shit in their head. Well, if it's any consolation, when we finally get those pictures up on our Instagram, I guarantee there will be lots of love and appreciation. There better be. There will be. There will be. It's an it's an obscure game to be fair. As it is, you know. Well, oof. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. Be careful what you tease him. Don't tease him with a good time. No, no, no. Um. Well, uh, we're gl- I-, I really want those pictures. You gotta send us those pictures, man. I want to see them. I want to see the costume. I will. I will. I I only took one picture last night, and I didn't have my mask on. Um, as pictures trickle in, um, I will trickle on fish. I mean, I will get you guys the pictures. <sighs> okay. Well, <laughs> that that works. Uh, anyways, uh, glad you're here. So the professor is here from Japan. Um, I of course am Morgan Barnes from Montana. Um, yeah, so it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty cool week. I mean, everyone returned from the wedding. I will say, I know everyone has been really kind and supportive on the different forms of social media. So 
I would say very briefly, I, I don't really want to make this too much about my wedding, but I was just going to say briefly that um, it was a magical evening. I had the weird misfortune of being married twice uh, in my life, which I don't think is a very extremely common thing. Um, speak, so I was married once uh, many, many years ago, and that gave me the ability to sort of compare the different places in my life and the weddings and stuff. and how that wedding was more like we were young kids feeling pressured into getting married um, for the wrong reasons and how like being at this point in my life with my kids and getting married for the right reasons and just having like being surrounded by a lot of my friends. Unfortunately, Shay couldn't be here, uh, which was the, the, on, the only really big negative that I had. Um, getting to, but getting to have a lot of my close friends here, obviously Shay was in Japan, but Josh and Fish were here and getting to see Fish just you know, die trying to give a best man speech was uh, mm-hmm. definitely one of the highlights of my evening. <laughs> oh, anytime, big guy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, ter- I'm terrible at public speaking. As soon as I stood up, uh, and I was, I was definitely inebriated, for sure too. I had to be, uh, <laughs> and uh, what a terrible speech. But I'm glad that everybody else had a great speech. <laughs> <laughs> they carried you. I was um, the first one to go to, so I was like, I set the bar real low for everybody else, mm-hmm. and everybody else just shined. It, mm-hmm. it would have been okay. He started all right, and then it just sort of ended. Like, he just sort of stopped talking and stared at the audience. And I was like, all right. In summation, I, just... <laughs> I know that guy. And then just sat down. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a, that I would expect nothing less. I don't expect fish to do anything other than a fishy thing, so... That's that's the beautiful thing about life. Um, but no, it was a fun night. We had night. We had a lot of uh, alcohol and and good laughs and memories and like. But just the day itself was was very was very magical. Seeing my kids dancing and stuff and being able to share that moment with my real close friends and families. It was. It. I didn't want the night to end. I was having too much fun. And, and which sounds crazy because most people are like, well, when the night's over, you get to go home and bang. But I was like, I don't even want to go. I just want. I want this night to go on forever. Um, and uh, I was also a little nervous about consummating my wedding night because I was pretty fucked up. But I pulled through, guys. I did it. Boom. High five. Mm-hmm. She goes to pull it out of your pants, and you're like, Ooh, oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been touched in so long. I, re- I really don't want to hear oopsie when someone's pulling it out of my pants. I'll tell you that. Honey, oh. I made an oopsie. <laughs> Owie. Um, it's... You know, I was talking to the bartender, and she was telling me that a lot of people that she, you know, sees on their wedding night don't even end up consummating because they're just too fucked up or too tired. So I was like, well, that's not happening to me. <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, I have a true, really embarrassing story about my first wedding night, which I'm not going to get into, but let's just say it did not go well. And I learned from that uh, misfortune. Um, I think I told Fish and Josh this story privately. Um, anyways, it was, it was magical, and the week was but great having everybody. But not me? I don't know. Maybe I have. It's been a long time. Bro, I was in your first wedding, and you haven't even told me. Well, I thought, well, maybe I have told you. I don't know. You probably have, and I probably forgot. I'll I'll tell you after the show. It's no big deal. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um... And I wouldn't even mind talking about it on the show, but I'm not going to waste any more time. But anyways, it was great. It was okay. a great experience having my friends up here. It was really cool. I'm going to get a lot more videos edited for the Patreon VIP, which I've been um, pumping a lot. Patreon.com slash I'm getting them out in little bites. 
for people so it's something fun they can look forward to and they wake up in the morning and maybe they're scrolling to their Instagram page. And so if you sign up for our VIP tier, you'll get to see tons of cool, rare videos from the trip and whatnot. But um, yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. I'm super excited. I've switched. Remember last week we were joking about that weird voice we had? Dale? Remember Dale? Dale's gone, okay? Now, now, I'm Davey, and Davey is a cowboy, all right? See, it's more gruff. It's got, it's got some, uh, he takes control of the conversation, and he's not so depraved. So, I, let's hear our best cowboy voices, okay? I'm going to start it off. I'm Davey, and I'm not fucking around. All right. That what about sounds you, Shay? like Dave's Give me your best creepy cow- uncle. Yeah. Not a lot of difference. It's Uncle Batman. A cowboy. My creepy uncle is a cowboy. <laughs> a uncle is a cowboy. Again. Who would have thought? Davey. What about you, Shay? What's your, cow- what's your best cowboy voice? Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Great work. I'm a flan... Mm, I'm not going to go there. Oh. Um, <laughs> not going to go there. Howdy, partner. So, uh... I'm going to wrestle some, uh, some of them cattle, and then we're going to wrestle around in the sheets with some cow pies. Ooh, I like wrestling. Wrestling and cow pies. I'm gonna take a big cow pie and sling it right in the cowboy fish. How do you like that fish? Hey, uh, they call me Snakefish, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a snake in your boots? I got two of them. I don't leave the house without them. Is there a snake in your pants? (laughs) What? Can Can you clear that up for me? Why is there two snakes in both your boots? Oh, that's just the West. You gotta keep the snakes in your boots. Keep you all wild and shit. That doesn't make any sense. Nope, well. it sure doesn't. <laughs> Welcome to the West. <laughs> that fish. What about you, Josh? You're the space cowboy. What's your best Western voice? Nothing? Nothing? No. Can you not hear the eyebrow? There's an eyebrow no. being raised. It's uh... What does an eyebrow being raised sound? I don't think it translates on audio. No, no, it doesn't. Mm. Okay. I got you, I got you. I got you, I got the sound. <laughs> That's it, right there. Um, but yeah, so the topic of the show before we get to the Red Dead talk, so it's a little teaser there. Is basically we're joking around about the idea of like a game that's so awful that, but you still want people to either try it because you like it, or it's just so awful they have to experience it. There's a lot of you know gray area here with this topic, but it's pretty fun. And of course, we have our Chompcast community that's going to chime in. I wanted to kind of go backwards a little bit because like less awful to more awful because I think Shay has a game that's so particularly awful. That it uh, can shake the very bowels of the gaming world, so to speak. Um, and there's a lot of bowels is. in the gaming world. It's like a good, <laughs> good ninety percent bowel. If if this I'm, was that mall yeah. Shay was talking about, this game would be like the dirty bathroom that hasn't been cleaned, and the dirty mall bathroom that hasn't been cleaned forever, and there's poop on the walls, um, which is pretty common at my mall sometimes. 
Um, but so I'm gonna start it off with this. So my game was the least awful. I looked up all the review scores. No, no, actually, I think Fish yours is probably the least awful. Yours was Skull Skull Monkeys. Which uh -huh. was a game that you remembered from your childhood. Which you looked it up, and the review scores weren't as bad as you thought they were, but you remembered it being like. Why did you th first think of Skull Monkeys as a bad game? Was it just? It's. I don't think any. It got much of the recognition that it deserved, and I figured if that's the case, then maybe people found it to be a shitty game. But I had a great time with it, and. Like, I never hear anybody talking about that game as far as, like, games of old, you know. I mean, it's just a platformer, but it had a unique style to it, a clay animation to it. Um, but It was it, clay animation? Had a clay animation look to it? Like a Killer Instinct or something like that? Yes. Or Clay Fighters? <laughs> clay Fighters, yes, exactly. Um, and, yeah, it was developed by, or it was published by EA, which surprised me. Um, I didn't know it at back in the day, like I didn't follow all that stuff, but um yeah, it, it's just a very quirky game, like that the humor in it is kind of childish in a way, but you know, mm -hmm. as a young, you know, thirteen year old, like I found all that stuff to just be very crude and humorous in a game. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all over the place with its humor as far as like the main character having like this very dumb stare on his face the whole entire time you're playing as him um to like farts and monkeys pulling each other's heads off um it's just a very unique game to me back then and just still sticks out to me to this day and that's why i wanted to bring it up and i figured maybe it was a shitty game but apparently it scored not too bad it, I, I <laughs> not as bad as you thought it was yeah that's the yeah. weird thing it was like i went to game rankings it was like 80 percent, which was uh shocking to say yeah. the least i was shocked too i was like wow mm -hmm. huh i wonder what they see in this game but so what would your case be if you were trying to convince so is your case that you would like if you're making a case for someone to try it now is it just because it's so weird and so goofy and so strange like why do you think it's like important to check out even though you don't think it's really that good? Oh, just to see what the a different take on the platformers back in the PS1 days um cuz I think a lot of them were went with more the polygonal art direction um like Crash Bandicoot and um like Super Mario World or not mm -hmm. Super Mario Super no. Mario uh 64. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, those are definitely great platformers, but um, this game... It's PS1, right? Is, PlayStation yeah. 1? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was PlayStation 1, and I don't know, like, the art style just set it in a different uh, genre, almost, and combined with, like, its very quirky humor, um, the music in the game... like Whoa, whoa, all... whoa, the art style almost set it in a different genre? That's a strange phrase. Yeah, clay animation is so... You don't see that in games that much. And whenever you do, like, it, for me, it's a treat because I enjoy the fuck <laughs> out of clay, clay animation. Um, Like, Nightmare Before Christmas, like, I was a big fan of that as a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. And, like, that art style, seeing that style translated to video games is just... um something unique and you just don't see it that often and well and you used to um, take i remember you tell me you used to take your play-doh as a kid and make cock moldings 
which I thought was pretty creative. I don't think there's a person who played with Play-Doh that did not make a copy of <laughs> I stand corrected. I stand corrected. <laughs> who, who did it? Did you need Did you need two jars of Play-Doh for your cock molding? Oh, I had to buy a special. I I just had to pull out, you know, one of those big uh, six-inch glasses out of the uh, cabinet and stuff it full of different mm. various Play-Doh colors. It's so specific. It's <laughs> um, no, so, but I, I hear what you're saying about the art style because it sounds like to me what you're saying is the art style was the reason because there's not a lot of claymation. You don't really see that anymore at all. Like, what's the, what's the last game do you guys remember that was like kind of a claymation look to it, video game wise? I can't even remember. I, I can't either. There's been a lot of movies that have done clay animation. Um, the latest one I've seen is Kubo and the Two Strings, which is phenomenal mm-hmm. as far as like clay animation goes. Um, but well, as far as yeah. video games, though, a lot, it's a lot more done. of a seeds, like a lot of the Wallace and Gromit and all that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Remember that weird clay clay animation movie from when you were a kid about the bunny, like the Easter one. So we, uh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. There's like a mm-hmm. weird shark that ate people and stuff. Yeah, I'll find it. Whoa. Um, That's uh, a movie? Yeah, it was like an Easter thing. Somebody out there listening is on there was an it was an Easter claymation, and there was a the lowrider song was in it, and there was a shark that ate things. Yeah, I'll find it before this podcast is over. But no, I looked it up, Fish. Also, Josh made a great point this morning. We learned what it's like to be inside a fish's head. That, 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 that's what fit, I just imagine that's going through Fish's head 24 7. <laughs> just all the time. Uh, that's the theme music. That's the title screen for Skull yeah, Monkeys. Yeah, that's what plays over the menu every time you turn the game on. Dude, it looks creepy. I was looking at it today, and like the fucking, the fucking main character looks like some sort of weird, demented duck. I, it just looks. Is he supposed to be a duck? What is he? What kind of like creature is the protagonist of Skull Monkeys? He's aptly called Clayman. Clayman? Clayman. Clayman? That's dumb. Huh. <laughs> that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the whole game. It's very fucking dumb. Like, he gets... He has special abilities where he can fart Ugh. on top of his enemies. He can butt stomp on them. It's like a um, Conker's Bad Fur Day, but more infantile. Th- no... I would say it's above that. Above Conker's? Wow. Oh, I sent you guys Boogerman, because I remember that from when I was a kid. Can it be more infantile than Boogerman? A guy that flings his own boogers everywhere? Do you remember Boogerman? You don't remember Boogerman, do you? I don't. Good God, Shay knows. It was a Sega Genesis game. He remembers Boogerman, I'm sure. Don't you, Shay? No, good God almighty, no one remembers Boogerman? Guys are making me feel no, insane. dude. Like you sent me that clip or that that image. I was like, "What the fuck is this? I never saw this." I do remember Captain Underpants. Yeah, I remember that one too. That wasn't a game, though, right? That was a book. It was a book, and now it's being made into a movie. Yeah. Anyways, that's a good one. Skull Monkeys. Look it up if you never heard of it. It's weird as hell, and it describes a lot of what goes on in Fish's psyche. Um, uh-huh. Generally during lovemaking. Uh, 
Uh, by the way, I was able to clear this up, guys. If you are a fan of our show, guys and gals, I meant I was talking to you guys, but if there's gals listening too. I was able to clear this up, but if you guys were listening to our podcast a few weeks ago and you, you missed it, you should go back and check it out. I was able to clear up with Fish over vacation that this sound right here. That I played on the podcast is not Elmer Fudd. We thought it was Elmer Fudd. It's not. Who is it, Fish? Uh, it's, it's supposed to be Dopey. That little... Little mm. beagle who, uh, yeah, he's a beagle named Dopey. Yeah, you mean Droopy? Ta- oh, Droopy, yes. <laughs> he doesn't even know Droopy. Oh, yeah. Droopy, yeah, yeah. Dopey. Yeah, it sounds like one of one of the seven beagles. Oh God. Okay, so I I thought it was important to clear that up because it's important to make sure that he does a good Droopy impression. So. Um, maybe we can bring those back to the why, idea. Why did you have to clear that up, though? Wait, because people was, actually ask it about that. Well, if I don't think they need they to were. know, they need to know. <laughs> why? <laughs> the people need to know. Um, because I can't stop hearing that in my head. I can't get away from it. Um, clearly, <laughs> I, those are my favorite. I got. I'll have some more secret. I would love for your AI to make a return at the end of the year, fish, for our listeners. Maybe toward the game of the year time. <laughs> Maybe we can have a return of the AI. You could be on the podcast with your AI that you built. And it could be like uh-huh. sort of a mm. Nicolas Cage and adaptation sort of a thing. Yes, this time I can monitor my own AI and make yeah. sure that it's functioning correctly. I don't show. like this. Yeah, that's no fun. No? Okay. <laughs> but you can converse <laughs> with it, which, or you could explain things. You know, the, it's a beautiful creation. It really is. I mean, people don't give you a credit. You're like a mad scientist of sorts. Um, Remember that Jessica Negri statue you built out of a old dried tissues? Um, but so my game, that's a good one, Fish. My game, oh. though, is Deadly Premonition, which is the next in line. Um, and basically, I found the perfect way to, to segue to this, people, if you had never heard of Deadly Premonition, which is a very weird point in my life. Uh, it has a pretty lowish meta score. It's like in the high 60s, I think, when I looked it up. Um, the reason I got interested in it at the time, Jim Sterling, who is a pretty big name in our industry, um, used to work at Destructoid, where our good friend Rich works. Uh, and back in the day, he's since moved on to do his own stuff. But Jim Sterling wrote a legendary review for um, the game at the time that caught my attention. And this is the, the final line in his review that I think needs to be read. Um, final small paragraph. It says, Deadly Premonition is beautiful. No, not graphically. Graphically, it's atrocious. It's a beautiful train wreck, and it's well aware of the fact. Despite the game being quite like everything ever made, there's nothing quite like the game itself. There's absolutely nothing in this industry that can compare to how weird and wonderful the whole experience is. Judged as a piece of entertainment, as a game that consistently surprises and amazes and leaves jaws hanging, I have no choice but to say Deadly Premonition goes above and beyond. This game is so bad, it's not just good, it's close to perfect. And he gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> and that, when I read that, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. Because what the fuck, right? So and basically, um, if you guys remember, we talked about it a lot back in the day. It's sort of just an open world game. It's basically like Twin Peaks kind of a vibe. There's a, a crazy detective who talks to himself. Um, he's very eccentric. The gameplay is sort of like a poor man's Resident Evil 4, like over the shoulder kind of thing. It's a survival horror game, but you're inside of a small town, like a Twin Peaks style town, and you actually drive around from place to place. It's like an open world game. It's just feels like 
it feels like somebody had grand ambitions, but no budget. And that's what ended up coming out of it. But they made it so fucking weird. So fucking weird that I, I could not recommend that game more to people back in the day. Now, that was in 2010, and it's 2018. So I wouldn't quite say that it still holds up now because I don't know for sure. But I do remember that is a seminal piece of video game entertainment. Um, and that's, that's literally what, if you, it's like Twin Peaks meets Resident Evil 4, and they put this crazy developer named Swery, that's, a, that's the creator of the game, he was put on the map after he made this because it was such a weird thing. Giant Bomb had this really popular thing called an endurance run, and they played the whole game, um, and it became like a big thing for them too because it's such a weird game. There are parts about that game that are awful, frustrating, tedious, and just plain bad from a design perspective. But it's so weird, unique, ambitious, and quirky. And the end of that game, I will tell you, the last couple hours of that game gets so dark and twisted and weird that, like, I could, it blew my mind. So I, I can't tell you it blew my fucking mind. Um, and yet it's pretty terrible. It, objectively, it's pretty terrible. But in that funny, ambitious way, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, d- you guys remember that back in the day? I wouldn't shut up about Deadly Premonition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't. Yeah. You were during the old. I remember during the old SPD SBT days before I joined, when you would talk about it constantly. It's kind of funny. You, always, yeah. I always like to. You gave it a perfect ten. You know, like figure out. Yeah. A ten, so I had to give it a zero just to get it back down to its correct it's score. A... <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Think I always I like to see anymore. what Morgan fixates on, though. It's always interesting because it's not something I ever expect. Like watching watching the trailer and stuff. Um, like not the trailer. I was watching someone review this game. Doesn't seem like something that would be up Morgan's alley because he's not particularly fond of zombies. But this game has zombies. Yeah, that. Yeah, know? but they weren't traditionally zombie. You're, you're right. You're right. But you know what, Shay? It was kind of like uh, True Detective meets Twin Peaks meets Resident Evil Four, but made by somebody that had no money <laughs> and didn't and didn't really know that's how to make fair. video games. <laughs> so that's um, fair. It, like watching the watching this what i watched on it 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 doesn't like uh, from an objective standpoint look like a particularly good game but at the same time i like how like how you described how ambitious ambitious it is like what it was trying to do Mm -hmm. it's it's like this level of creativity and absurdity that we're not quite seeing as much in uh triple a or even b title games like it seems like most of the creativity and the quirkiness is being reserved for indie games for the most part. So it's cool to see that. It was. And I back in the day I was really on that whole quirky like the I, I'm always gonna if you as you listen to the podcast, you're gonna know I'm gonna have an affinity for weirder games. Um not just because they're weird, but I generally like games that are trying to be do some weird shit and be be bold in that way because I just you know, you get so sick of the whole AAA thing. But um, anyways, Deadly Premonition was a game that meant a lot to me back in the day, and it's very unique, and I thought that Jim Sterling's review perfectly summed it up, uh, and I think that we'd all say it's objectively not a great game. Uh, Josh, your mm-hmm. your um, game you want to talk about was a, is a unique one, I think, for a lot of people, and that's Castlevania 64. Yeah, Castlevania 64 slash Legacy of Darkness. The kind of, the whole package there of the 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 two games that really should have just been one game, but um, yeah, that didn't quite happen. Can, can you explain that a little reasons. further? I don't understand what you're saying. Uh, 
Castlevania, and let me let me make sure I get this right. I'm trying to remember which one came out first. I think 64 came out first, which was the unfinished game, and then Legacy. Of, but I'm let me check that. So it was two separate. Um, yeah, so 64 came out first, and then the Legacy one came out second. It was the sequel. Okay, all right. Actually, I was 99% sure of that, but I was trying to check it real quick. And yeah. No, I, I, when, you had, when you had mentioned that to us today, I actually went and watched reviews of both of them, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. So they're two different games, Morgan, but uh, 64 was the, the first one. Yeah, Castlevania 64 was the first one where um, they basically dabbled into the 3D world Mm -hmm. that was the first one and then the legacy was the immediate successor to that essentially yeah okay okay. and uh, the the idea behind it at the time was essentially you're playing through more or less the same game but as different characters seeing the different perspectives of one story that's happening as you go through which is that's a neat enough idea it's a fairly short game you can just kind of sit down and play your way through it um but the first one that came out, just Castlevania 64, they hadn't quite finished everything, and so it's it's very short. Like, you can run through that in, like, a, like an hour, like two hours. Wow. Um, okay, holy shit. Through, like, one of the playthroughs on that, because they just, they didn't finish the game, and they didn't have all the characters. Because I think 64 had two characters, and then Legacy of Darkness, I think, had three? Mm-hmm. Three sounds right. I'd have to... But anyway... But yeah, the campaign on that one was a little bit longer because they were able to flesh out the extra levels and stuff. Um, and as as a whole, it kind of tells an interesting story because um, you can play through as like one of the Belmonts or as a werewolf. I can't remember the name of, but it's it's it was a really cool idea that they were going for with it. Um, but it was just so janky because they didn't know what to do with 3D at the time, and also mm. they were rushing it out. That okay. it was that really is a train wreck, but I I really enjoy playing through it just kind of as it's just as an artifact. It's just fascinating. Was that right after Symphony of the Night? It was. It, I think that was, was before. Crazy... One was after. I'm trying to remember when Symphony of the Night came out. They well, were right around trying... the same time. All of them were right around the same time. Yeah. Because I would imagine if that if someone played Symphony of the Night and then played that, they were going to be like, what the hell? Symphony of the Night's one of the greatest games ever. And it's a 2D style game, and then they play that, and it's like... <laughs> you know, the first step to 3D is always kind of nasty. You know, not every game is Tomb Raider or Mario 64. For a lot of people, it is a rough, a rough jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. From what I was watching, it, it looked pretty rough, the 3D. Very, very rough, but yeah, there were, were a lot still... of games during that time. Like, there are a lot of games that were really rough during that time, so it's hard to fault this yeah. specific game because I was just thinking about like some of the times, even when I was playing Ocarina of Time and I was trying to do shit, and sometimes the camera angles would be fucking wonky, mm-hmm. as wonderful as that game is, you know? It just, yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah, the big issue with that one was yet. that you basically had no control over the camera, so if like. Well, you had some control. You could reposition it behind you, but that was like your only camera control, which was super awkward at the time. Um, yeah. People, yeah. People did not know how to do 3D very well, and it's, it's amazing that some of them were able to pull it off at all. Yeah, yeah. That makes the games that 
we like so much more insane. What was, do you remember the big, what was the big critique from Castlevania fans? Besides, I mean, I know the game, was it just because of the quality of the game itself, or was there something specific that Castlevania fans were upset about? Do you remember um, the, the chorus of angry Castlevania nerds? I'd have to go back to see the main, like, fan critiques, but, like, from everybody else, it was just mainly that it was an unfinished game. It was a little just janky in general for a 3D game, because mm-hmm. essentially the combat was very similar to, like, the NES-style games. Like, you'd find a power-up that would change what your second ability is, and so you'd never want to pick up another one. Like, oh, I've got holy water now. Let's let's make sure we don't accidentally get rid of holy water by picking up a dagger or something. It oh, was, it was that like, sounds like a bitch. It was like, Ugh. yeah. Um, and then some of that got fixed, like with the different characters and stuff. Um, oh, okay. Like, I think probably my favorite one to play through with was uh, there was like a like a little kid mage that I can't remember. I can't remember her name, but like this just little mage, um. And, like, because she was ranged and all the others were, like, melee, like, the combat actually kind of worked with her, <laughs> with, the, with the limited controls and everything. And it made yeah. the game actually, like, it, it, if you Tolerable. had to play through the game, that, that, that's kind of the way to go. Um, but, yeah, it was just, just kind of janky all around. Yeah. But an interesting piece mm-hmm. of Castlevania history. Or 64 history, better yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the reviews on that one were a little rough, too. I think they were in the low 70s, which is what I kind of remember from being a kid mm. in that range, which isn't terrible, but isn't great either. It's so. really not as low as it should have been. Like, there was a lot of crap that came out on the PS1 yeah. and the N64 that was reviewed just far too highly. Cause yeah, it looks like Skull Monkeys was uh, reviewed much higher than Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, which it might be a much better game, to be fair. You know, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see how that are sort of affected. Back in the day, I was listening to the Bombcast, and they were talking about old reviews, and it got me thinking. Back in the day, a 7 was almost a condemning score. Like, nowadays, not so much if people even care about reviews, right? But back in the day, if you saw a game that got a 7, you were just like... Pfft. I'm not. I don't care. You yeah. know what I mean? Like there well, was just a different connotation to. It depends the portion of the gaming community you're talking about. People have been getting death threats over nine out of ten scores for Red Dead because, you know, fuck Rockstar fans. I mean, come on, guys, pull your heads out of your asses. That's ridiculous. I'm telling you, we told we've been telling them, Josh, if they just get rid of the numerical scores, mm-hmm. then they'd be fine. Like it doesn't. Yep. Like it's. Yes. I I think it's funny that the conversation has become about some really dumb things. Like somebody had said something all it's all over my Twitter feed now. Somebody said something like if if you're if you even call yourself a gamer, you need to check this mm-hmm. game out or something like that. And it's like I don't know, it's just like come on people, like is it dumb? Yeah, yeah but this people have so much time on their hands, really? <laughs> really? Come on. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. Um get rid of scores and you'll be fine. Uh, anyways, that's a good one, Josh. And the crowning achievement of them all was the <laughs> one that, that made this category come into existence, Mr. Shea Late. What do you have? Thank you. I brought to the table Sword of Sodan, which is a Sega Genesis game. Uh, did you guys happen to watch anything on it? I, I oh, assume, Morgan, yeah. you did. Yeah. yeah. I've played did some you? of this game. 
That's awesome. Yeah, you so had you me play exactly this at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I recall, yeah, you had us Yeah, you it. had me play this one. <laughs> and I played I way to? too much of it. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. Good. So, yeah, it's Wait, no, it's I think you're thinking bad. of Sword so, of like, Vermillion. Or no, because you played Sword of Vermillion, too, dude. Anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I played Sword of Vermillion, but I wanted you guys to play Sword of Sodan because I remember telling you guys, like, this game is fucking bad. So yeah. You guys got to play this game. I remember telling you guys about this game. Mm-hmm. But so you open up like the, the opening credits are basically you can play as Conan the Barbarian ripoff or his female counterpart. And then you enter the game and there is no music. First off, that's the first thing you notice. There is no music. And you go, you walk and the walking is hilarious. It's like a shuffle. It's like he brings he or she brings their foot up to the next foot and then walks forward. It looks super janky, of mm-hmm. course. It's like a two-frame walk animation. It's yeah. like right. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's creepy and weird and just absurd. And then when you fight, like when you stab, like the, the the stab animation is so fucking bad. Like the combat animation is so bad. And basically, it's like a side scroller, and you're just hack and slash. And that's all it is. And when you kill enemies, you pick up potions, you drink them, you can mix them to have different effects, like flame effect, um, extra power, health, kill all the enemies on the screen, shit like that. And the weird thing is you can reverse directions in the super weird animation. Um, If the enemies are directly in line with you, they can't hurt you. But if they're in front of you or behind you, they hurt you. And it it's just it's a super janky game. The blood looks like a glistening pile of strawberry jelly every time you kill somebody. It and the sound effects are just bad. Annoyingly bad. And the reason why I would recommend this for people to play is because it's hilarious. First off, it's fucking hilarious how bad it is. But I feel like it would be like a fun drinking game. To see how far people can get in sort of Sodan, um, you know, you just put it, you put the controller in front of them. You guys are drinking. How far can you get in this game? You guys are all drunk because the the <laughs> mechanics are just absurdly bad. I've actually never compl- like I own this game on Genesis. Um, my father bought it a long time ago, and so I used to sit down and play this game. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna beat sort of Sodan today, and I never beat it. <laughs> it's impossible. I, the one boss fight I was watching was was the most insanely impossible looking thing I've ever seen. It was like these two statue things with maces, and there was like no way you could even move between them. And they had like this impossible range. And it was just like it, it. Like they were joking about it in the thing I watched that it seems like a game that someone built and then never actually played. Like no one mm. actually ever played it. Yeah, it was like one of those Mario it. Maker levels that cannot actually be beaten, but just happens to be out there. Right. It's like it's like now yeah. if somebody had an idea like that, they would make an indie game and we would review it as like this god awful shit. Like if you're gonna make a game, <laughs> put the time and energy into it. But this game somehow got green lighted to be an actual title to mm-hmm. have an actual cartridge, which is absurd. But I would still recommend it to people just because of the comedy of it and just to see how far games truly have come. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. even on the system, because, like, it's an older game, just to see how far along Sega Genesis has come, or had come, you know, over the years. 
because then obviously better games were made uh, later in the system. And then it kind of culminated with games like Vector Man, which uh, Sonic 3D Blast, which was near the the end of the life cycle of the Sega Genesis. But yeah, sort of so Dan is uh, is an interesting game to say the least. Yeah, and, and you know it's it, it is a very it is a very unique piece of torture and gaming history. And there's probably some poor sap out there that love that game as a kid. It's like, I love that game. And uh, I don't know what's wrong with that one human out there. There's, you know there's got to be somebody out there that loved it. There's got to be there's somebody. somebody. There's got to be somebody. I think it'd be funny mm-hmm. to actually stream playing that game after this episode releases hmm. just, just to show the absurdity of the game. Like, I haven't played that game in years. <sighs> I actually still own it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It worked like, good who's going to take it off my hands? Like, Sword of Sodan. For sale, people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" That's a... No, it yep. could become sought after for being so awful, you know. Yeah, it could become a thing. Yeah, yeah like the we're room. we're raising awareness for this shitty game mm-hmm. by doing this podcast. That's what this whole podcast was about. So, raising um, awareness. For if you could please go on Amazon.com, <laughs> you're trying to look, trying to bubble the price of Sword of Sodan so you can finally <laughs> finally just you know that's right pawn it off on somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. Well, that is the. Um, I asked our community. I said, "Hey, what what is a game that you would still want people to play or try out, even though you would agree that it's probably a bad game or a terrible game or somewhere in that vicinity?" And um, our community came in the droves this week with a bunch of fantastic responses that we can discuss. Um, so. Let's let's grab some good ones here, but I want to get you guys' thoughts on what our listeners had to say. Every Thursday, at Swordchomp on Instagram, I'm going to post a question of the week. So if you don't use Instagram that often, it's worth logging in to chime in, because you never know. We might have a topic you want to discuss. Um, sweet underscore Z4L said, Alkaline's gun? Or Alakine's gun? Like a diet version of Hitman, it's poor AI, and PlayStation 2 graphics made it bad. So bad it's good. Never heard of that. Alakine's Gun. You guys ever heard of that one? Can't say I have. No. That's uh, hmm. so bad and so unknown, we had never heard of it. But we will Google it now. Badzak said, I would recommend No Man's Sky. Just kidding, Morgan. <laughs> oh, you had me there. You had me. You really had me going. Uh, let's see. VIP Badzak. We love you. Um, oh, and then Sector 7 tried to chime in. Anymore, I like that game. <laughs> and it's funny, Shay Sector Seven chimed in. They were like, "Don't forget Final Fantasy 8 Now that now that game, I think objectively you can make a case for it being bad. No, you can objectively make a case for getting the hell off this podcast. I'm just kidding, man. I just want to take piss here. Uh, no, it's a good. I, game. It's funny that it's funny that now everyone knows my favorite shit, so I get lots of fun jabs, which I love. I love I love the fun jabs. Take them all day. Um, if I'm gonna jab fish no, all day, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy no one jabbed uh, fucking Shining Force, because no? they would have gotten no. a private message saying, "Excuse me, please don't say that ever again." <laughs> I'm very offended. <laughs> it's uh, sadly I don't think hurt. Maybe uh, Reverend underscore Rock and Roll said anything by David Cage, which is 
fairly reasonable, although heavy rain was pretty influential, but um, hasn't held up well over time. But yeah, David Ray, David Cage, David Cage games. That's a tongue twister are pretty awful. Like Detroit. I don't even know if I'd recommend people get through Detroit. I'm trying to think about that sometimes. Is it? I don't. I feel like that's pretty skippable. Uh, yeah, I think it is too. Unfortunately, well, eh, no. Nah, fortunately, save yourself some time. <laughs> Go watch three or four. Actually, I can't even remember how long I spent with that. Five. We'll just say five. Go, go watch yourself five good movies. Or five bad movies. Because that's the thing. Even five bad movies would be mm-hmm. probably a better use of your time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, unfortunately, I agree. Although, that's, that's a good one. David Cage uh, creates some pretty bad stuff sometimes. Usually starts interesting and then derails. Um, J.S. Z. Yarto said, I easily recommend Akiba Strip. It's great beat em up with some cool mechanics and maybe you beat the clothes off of people to embarrass them into running away. Akiba Strip. (laughs) Akiba Strip. That sounds cool. I want to beat the pants off of somebody. Yeah, bet you do. Uh, let's <laughs> why, why do you gotta make that creepy, Morgan? I'm not... I mean, there was only one way we were, we were making it, and that was creepy. Right? It was... Okay. Never heard of the expression, beat the pants off of somebody? Uh, yes, I have. But coming okay. out of your mouth, it has a different connotation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just that type of person, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a compliment. Um, Silver Booster Studios said, I recommend Sonic... 06 to everyone, the perfect storm of horrible gameplay construction, awkward script writing, and brain-dead level pacing. It's a morbid curiosity, but damn, it isn't entertaining as one huge shit show. Sonic 06. What the fuck is... Is that Sonic 06? Sonic Hedgehog 2000s? Yeah. Yeah, 2006. Huh. wonder which one that was. Was it just... Oh, it was just called Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. I remember that one. Yeah. That one was pretty bad. Pretty hmm. fucking, and I played a lot of bad Sonic games as a Sonic kid, so suffered through them all. I remember that one. I remember that one a lot now. It wasn't as bad as the Dark Knight one. Remember the one where Sonic had like a sword, and he was like, <laughs> and he was like a warrior. Oof. That was a weird one. They've gone all yeah. over the place with Sonic, trying to during the dark days of the early aughts, trying to trying to revive that franchise, but. Yeah. All over the place. Victor.alberto.godine said, mm, It's bad on purpose, but Goat Simulator. I can't, I can't say I've tried Goat Simulator, but that's, those are kind of those fun bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, farming Simulator. Somebody out there probably loves Farming Simulator. Um, Frickin' Tony J said Sonic 2006. Man, another Sonic 2006 vote. Sonic is taking it. He's taking mm-hmm. it in the in the low blows today. Um, Captain Hawk looks like they left a joke, but they said any Call of Duty or Modern Warfare um, after Modern Warfare 3. Josh would probably agree. Speaking of which, that was one of the polls I did this week. <laughs> I asked our audience, Fish was playing the new Call of Duty Blackout, and I said, hey, does Fish love or hate the new Call of Duty Blackout? And 63 of our audience said, he loved it. Fish, what is the real verdict? I don't love it. Uh, I definitely won't play it again. Um, 
But I can see its appeal to um, the Call of Duty fans out there. I'm sure they'll enjoy that game mode, even though I'm pretty sure they've probably tried Fortnite because it's free. Um, but they'll probably see that as like a more competitive, more smoother running game than um, uh, PUBG. But I don't know. I'm not really into that scene anymore as far as the uh surviving 100 characters and being the last man standing but mm-hmm. you over that scene he's so over that scene guys mm-hmm. <laughs> well did you vote what did you vote on that poll um i didn't vote god damn it <sighs> i was fl- i was flying that oh day. that's true that's true no you weren't you're at my house i said <laughs> Oh, was I? Okay. Vaping every two minutes. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, so, but if you had to pick one of them, loved it or hated it, if we put the gun in your head and said, pick one fish, loved it or hated it, what are you voting? Mm, I loved it. Interesting. Huh. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 you can see Josh's face right now. Uh, I love it, Josh. Don't be so disappointed. He secretly he loves it. He just doesn't want to say it in front of you. Jo- Josh, Josh hated it so much that he could even yeah, play Josh one round of it. He uh, wouldn't even hold I the controller. I watched you guys play it all day, and it was so unbelievably mediocre that <laughs> yeah, it just made me depressed. For the rest of the day, just Aww. seeing the game turned on, it was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was fascinating being in Josh's presence when he had one of those visceral Call of Duty reactions. Like, Fish was playing it, and I got the feeling that Fish was so uncomfortable playing it in front of Josh. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It was like jerking off in front of your friend, and he just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it with somebody watching. He was like, I can't do this. Josh, just turn around, please. It's like, I've been doing this for such a long time, but now it feels like it's wrong. (laughs) But not just jerking off, like jerking off to something real nasty in front of your (laughs) friends. You don't want them to know about it, but you kind of like it. yeah. Like horse porn or something. Let's let that sink in, everybody. Takes a while. (laughs) All right, so... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god um corn space said house of the dead overkill for the wii vip because of the overuse saying i'm gonna rip your motherfucking balls off and the game is classic <laughs> house of the dead overkill for the- i'm gonna rip your motherfucking balls off mm-hmm. uh, man that doesn't sound like something that'd be on a wii it's a nintendo property they don't allow that kind of language. <laughs> Omi Wan said there are definitely some guilty pleasure games out there. Two Worlds and Rogue's Warrior are so cringeworthy they, they're worth experiencing. And then, of course, Shay had to jump in there because he heard somebody say Two Worlds. <laughs> yep. Yep. Two Worlds. I, two Worlds is another really good example of that, honestly. Like, that game has no right to be called a good game whatsoever and objectively it's not a great game but i remember renting it one weekend back when i used to work at hastings 
and I popped that game in, and it filled it filled that itch for um, or it scratched that itch, I guess would be more proper, uh, of needing an Oblivion like game because I had just beaten Oblivion and I beat it into Oblivion, and I needed I needed something else, and Two Worlds was kind of fun. You were fiending, yeah. I was. Mm-hmm. I was. Feeling for that fantasy. It's a. It's not it a like bad a... game. It yeah. fr- it's not a. Ter- well, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, it's not a terrible game. It's not a terrible game, but it's not oh, a great. It's game. like it, a D level Skyrim. It ran like shit though. Like the, it got so framey at certain parts in that game. I remember. It's true. It's true. And but like, I just remember. I just demo, came off Oblivion. I, I also enjoyed it. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it had a nice like character progression going on there. Definitely, yeah. It was it was definitely riding on the coattails of you know that open world fantasy RPGs. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good one. Well, I I saw that Shay got happy when he saw that. When he saw when we mentioned two worlds. He's like, yeah. Whoop. He's like, he rose up from the ashes. Uh, we've talked about Two Worlds so many times on the podcast. It's just a very interesting personal thing. Border Jumper Mel had a good one. She said, Cool Spot from the 19, um, a game from 1993 based off the mascot for 7-Up. Played the shit out of that. That was a good one. That, yeah. was a, that, was, that game had great music and very memorable stages, but I'm sure that that game is crap. Mm. I don't think yeah. many people even remember that 7-Up had a mascot. Yeah, he was cool, though. He had sunglasses. <laughs> he was the spot. Like, that was... <laughs> it was a spot. <laughs> like, uh, he was cool because mm. he had sunglasses and he was a spot. But, I mean, the fact that they were able to turn that into a game that actually mm-hmm. had pretty fucking incredible music and oddly memorable but frustrating-ass levels is kind of amazing. It's kind yeah, of amazing. That's, that's... Yes, that is fascinating that just... That it exists. If nothing else, yeah, there. I played that a lot when I was a kid. My friend had it, and we loved it. There was this one bonus stage with this incredible music where you were jumping around on bubbles, and I remember the music very like we would like. I genuinely loved it. I Mm. probably genuinely would still love it. Um, good one. Uh, let's see. T taking said Assure's Wrath gameplay was a bit thin, but everything else blew me away. I don't remember that one a lot, but I remember people talked about it quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um. Dalgul said Deadly Premonition and Alpha Protocol, so I had somebody else mentioning Deadly Premonition. Um, oh, this is funny. G Magno, 1985, said, The term bad could be subjective, but Legend of Dragoon bombed with a 4.0 on some review sites, but the game is among my top RPGs ever. I, I never understood that, because I played Legend of Dragoon, and it wasn't a bad game, but I remember it, it took a lot of fucking heat when it came out. Hmm. And I don't remember playing it at the time, though, so it's hard for me to put it in perspective. I played it a couple years later and thought it was fine, so there must have been something about it that rubbed people the wrong way, because he's right. That game got shat all over. It was, like a, it was Sony's, like, four-disc answer to Final Fantasy when it came out. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so. That might have that just been what it was that basically came out at around the same, yeah, same the time, time as Final Fantasy, and it just got compared to it. Because I, I know a lot of my friends growing up around that time, they loved it. Yeah. Like the the yeah, nerdy crew loved Legend of Dragoon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it had a pretty strong following in my high school growing up. With, you know, yeah. people, people yeah. who loved that game. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Critics were just too cool for school, I guess, on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that was at the time when nobody played everything. Like, it was just just critics who were doing that. Like, I feel like there yeah. are more people who play a wide variety of stuff now. Hmm. Yeah, and Dragoons were cool. It had FMV in it. It had full motion video like Final Fantasy. You could turn into a badass Dragoon with these crazy mm-hmm. wings and, like, it had, like, a weird timing-based battle system. Like, it had, like, a shrinking timer on it, and you had to attack. If you yep. attacked at certain times, you got more damage. It was, it was all right. It was all right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple quick uh, ones here, and then we can move on to some Red Dead talk. Hurricane Cult said, Ride to Hell, mainly because it has the best, worst look in any video game I've ever played. If you fail riding your motorcycle five to six times, and the screen is black and white, the bike explodes with a two-second delay. The blood in the game is just as bad-looking. Uh, a blood splatter image, and the weirdest of all, a fully closed sex scene. <laughs> wow, well, that sounds like my high school all over again. Dry humping, you know what I'm saying? Who didn't dry hump a little back in the day? Am I right? Dry humping's the best. <laughs> That's of course fish would love that. Of course fish would love dry humping. Uh, such a sweetheart. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> I should have just backed him up on that. Dry humping is the best. Um, <laughs> when you've never had sex before, you'll take anything you can get. Goddamn right. Dean Smith 4095 said, For me, I go with Mafia 3. This is one that Shay jumped in on as well. Shoddy, full of bugs. It crashed constantly with repetitive missions, but I loved every minute of it because of the story and very strong lead character. Mafia 3. I think that's kind of fair. Um,. Like, I played that back when we first started this podcast, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um, the story was really interesting. It was, obviously, it's a period piece, yeah. and, and it's, it's informational, and it, you, like, it's informational in the sense that, basically, you, you can feel out the vibe, you can understand as a, for me, as a white male you know, being as privileged as I am growing up where I grew up, what um, African-American people went through during that time and are still going through now. And it, it, was, it was kind of important, it was, it was, you know, not kind of, it is important to keep telling that story in different ways so people understand. And as, as, as our country kind of keeps pu- pushing well, some of our country keeps pushing for equal rights, but that's that's a different story entirely. I won't broach that. A good twenty percent of but... our country. Yeah, for real. Yeah. But it's the story was so fucking fascinating, and it's a shame because it was just bogged down by repetitive bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I I remember talking about this on the podcast. I put twenty hours into that game, and I didn't see an end in sight. Like basically. It was drive to this location or run to this location, get this mission, go into a safe house, kill everyone, come out, go to the next mission. And you do that um, in repetitive nature, basically. And then they would insert um, cutscenes in between some of those those happenings. And it just it was it was hard to get through. It was really hard to get through. I wanted to keep playing it, but 
Um, yeah, I just I couldn't I couldn't get over the laborious, tedious, repetitive gameplay over doing that over and over and it's it sucks because that game has such an interesting story and one that i think if they had put more emphasis into the gameplay maybe the story wouldn't be as impactful but that story would have been told and it would have reached a wider audience so i don't Hmm. know yeah yeah um all right um so last ones here there was somebody that mentioned quest 64 Lou tomorrow, which I thought was an interesting one from the Quest 64 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a really good final one. Alex Santana 98 said Final Fantasy 13 2. A horrible story, but the gameplay mm. made me play until the end. Also, the secret bosses. And that was yeah. the sequel to Final Fantasy 13, which was kind of a weird thing. Yeah. 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 Because 13 had such a cool battle system that you finally got to 25 hours in. Um,. That yeah, thirteen two just gave you the battle system right up front, which was a really welcome change. But yeah, the story in that game was just a train wreck. It was like this time travel and just nonsense constantly. It was yeah, but that's too bad. Yeah, but not surprising. I mean, it's Final Fantasy nonsense, you know. So, mm-hmm. but they go they go even crazier with the nonsense when it's like a side game. I've noticed. Yeah. So, anyways, thanks for chiming in. Our community is amazing. Hopefully, you heard your comment on the show. Speaking of which, Fish, did you know our listeners want to chop your dick off? What? Why? I. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> well, why? You say, I don't know. I put a picture up on our Instagram and said, should we lop his cock off or spare the lad? And it, it was close, Fish. It was back and forth, neck and neck, even though you obliterated me in the best hair. Uh-huh. I couldn't spare your <laughs> cock. <laughs> what happened? Fifty-one percent. Yeah, fifty-one percent of our audience said lop his cock off with the sword chomp sword. So, mm. oh, that's gonna be very difficult to do with the sword chomp sword, considering considering it's made of foam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably gonna hurt. enjoy it more than anything. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, fish. It's it's rough. I think that a lot of people responded to that story in our Instagram DMs, and they were saying he doesn't use it anyway, so let's just get rid of it. And I was like, well, oh, who logical. said that? Let me let me message them. people in the know. People in the know that's said ni- that. That's ki- that's kind of nice though, because that means that maybe they want it. They want to use it, fish. If yeah. you're not going to use it, they want to use it. There's an upside to that. Yeah. Oh, share it. I, I, Guess yeah. What what was it we were saying before the podcast? Share the meat. Oh no! It found, <laughs> it found a way on the podcast. God damn it! Oh, I think that's passing the meat around, but passing. That's meat. right. It's passing yeah. the meat. That's passing right. The passing the meat. Yeah. Got to pass that meat around, fish. Mm-hmm. Where's the beef? Oh. Where's oh, the beef? Oh no! You know. Speaking of which, if you'd like to help pay for Fish's reconstructive surgery after we lop his dick off, 
you can uh, go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash swordchomp. And if you sign up, it's only $5 for our VIP, which is a private Instagram page. And the cool thing about it is all sorts of rare behind-the-scenes jokes, videos from the vacation when they were up here that nobody else will ever see. Just amazing, amazing stuff. And if you just join now for the first time, you're going to get months and months of content that you've been missing out on. And you help donate and support us. So it means the world to us. So um, check out our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. But this is the moment you've all been waiting for, a little tease, although next week we'll probably really get into it because Shay still has to play it. Um, and I can lead in with a poll. I asked our listeners if they were going to take the day off to play Red Dead Redemption. And it came back 51%. Yes, they are. Mm. <laughs> barely. Barely. Um, this is the kind of game that just barely inspires the, you know, I guess I'll take work off, which is, that's the de- that's devotion right <laughs> we'll, there. We'll put that on the back of the box. Red Dead Redemption 2. Barely inspiring. <laughs> barely inspired taking that day off. Maybe a half day. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so we kind of, um, we played a little, this is going to be first impressions and then we'll really get to the meat and potatoes of it next week, mostly because it's fun to talk about and we're really excited about it, but also it's the kind of game you really have to absorb. I, I tweeted about it today and I think people are pretty reasonable about what I was saying, my first impressions, but this is the kind of game that's going to take a while to really form a nice thesis on if it's, if you stick with it. So, um... All right, so how roughly how far are you guys? I just want to get a baseline. Josh, how far have you gotten? I am now at the open world. Okay, it's um, no longer snowing. So I made my way off the mountain, and that's about it. Okay. So. Yeah, I just okay. did the first mission in that game. <clears throat> that's all I had time for this morning, but just the first mission, I guess. Um, I think that's about an hour into the game. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, okay. So the the first major mission. Okay, okay. So you're still really on the precipice there. Um, all right, so, okay, good. I was just curious. I was, no, Josh, he I'm... He all... hasn't done the precipice mission yet. <laughs> I'm about... <laughs> fuck, that's going to be tough then. But yeah, I'm about an hour and a half or two into the open world part of the game, too. So we're, we're close. All which right. is a good stopping point. Um... First impressions, that's a fish you've, all you have is first impressions, basically, so how are you thinking after your one hour so far? Um, well, I never played the first Red Dead, um, so I had nothing to really go off of, but, um, it, it is odd that you do see, uh, the main character from Red Dead in this game, I guess. Mm-hmm. Even for me, even though I didn't play the game, like, seeing this guy who... A lot of people enjoyed the game um, as a younger version of him, because from my understanding, this is a prequel to uh, Red Dead, and it follows the gang of Dutch. Um, it is a little... It starts out real slow. That game, it's almost like a boring Western. Like yeah. They, they could have made it an exciting intro. Instead, you're like in this weird blizzard, um, and you're just like trying to get your people, your gang, your posse, I guess, uh, to safety out of the cold. Um, but other than that, it was... I, I kept drawing it comparisons to like Grand Theft Auto. Just because it has a, kind of that same mechanics where, like, mm-hmm. you snap towards uh, other characters as far as, like, whenever you're shooting, 
it, it has that in it. So I was like, oh, that translates very well over, I guess, as a, you know, Rockstar type of game. Like, it has those Rockstar mechanics. Um, and those are fine. It's just, it almost feels old in a way. I, they don't seem to be including any new mechanics into this game that are yeah, at the limited time that I've played so far, but maybe they one, hour. Up, uh, one hour, yeah. one hour. One <laughs> hour. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but essentially yeah. no, like they add some new crafting stuff in and whatnot, but it's essentially the same combat system as red dead one. Mm-hmm. Combat wise. Yeah. I don't even know about mechanic wise though, because I'm like yeah. a chunk farther than you guys well, and I'm the, still just learning. Yeah. The crap, big mechanic so. difference this time is that they've decided to make it a survival game. You have meters for all the things, and you need oh, to eat the right, right food yeah. to fill the meters. Stamina and stuff, yeah. Um, and I don't know why that decision was made, but it was made. And so now you have meters for health, for stamina, for your Deadeye thing, which is kind of the whole combat hook of this game, of the, the original Red Dead as well. Yeah. Also, they don't even introduce Deadeye in this game, which is strange. You just have it from the beginning, and they never even tell you you have it from the beginning. It just happens to be one of your gauges. Well, no, there's there's one fight you get into where I think they tell you push down on your joysticks or whatever to activate. Well, they Deadeye. may, but there are literally tooltips constantly for the first four hours of this game. Tooltips well, will even, pop up yeah. in the top left, and if you're not ignoring them by that point, you're probably not a sentient human being. So they may have popped up. I have no idea. Like, why, why would you be watching at this point? Like, it's, it's, it's literally constantly tooltips popping up in the top left of the screen. Constantly. There, there's a lot. People are going to be overwhelmed, I think. And um, it's, it's... I'm still... I just got to a point where I took my first horse in at this one town and i'm pretty far into the game and i the story is still basically giving me tutorials uh it i feel like it's going to be like that for a while which mm -hmm. i think is going to really throw people off i imagine all those people who are waiting to play this game for years and years and then they sit down to play it last night and they spend two hours trudging through the snow going one mile an hour we're probably a little bit mm -hmm. disappointed <laughs> that, that's because that's what i was um but you know it's it's a weird so there's a lot of ways to approach this. I'm trying to do this in a way that doesn't ruin it for Shay. So Shay, if you have to remove your headphones or something because you don't want to ruin this, that's okay. I don't want to spoil anything for you. I don't want to predispose your opinion in any way, shape, or form as well. Um, i just throwing that out there. I don't want to have, you know, a negative connotation or influence, but do as you will. Are you worried about spoilers or anything? Well, I actually, so I, I've been uh muting this whole chat essentially because i don't i don't want any uh opinions going into the game like all i've heard is that it's amazing and it looks beautiful and that's all i've heard and i want to kind of keep it at that until i can get into it a little bit today so if you guys are about to okay, explode cool. or anything like that i can i can yeah. mute some more yeah block us out for like five minutes and then we'll wave you back in all right mm -hmm. we're all right have fun <laughs> um, well, we're not going anywhere, but yeah, sure. Um, uh, so the way, what I tweeted was, <laughs> what I tweeted was um, this. I said, Red Dead Redemption 2 so far is gorgeous, well-acted, ambitious, and dense, but 
a bit dull. I feel overwhelmed by everything I can do, but I also feel uninterested in doing any of those things. Is there something wrong with me? Because where, where I stopped last night was basically I got to the town and I started to look around and like, I didn't, there was so much crap I could do, but nothing really seemed that exciting because I wasn't really that invested. I'd been trudging through mm-hmm. the snow and doing the tutorials and blah, blah, blah. So I just said, fuck it. I'm just going to wander around a little bit, right? Go ahead, Josh. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I feel like you were. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm agreeing with you so far, but. So what I did was I was like, I just want to see what this world is like, this living world. Mm-hmm. So I just started walking around and it's weird because it's so far, it's very early. It wasn't quite what I expected. And by that, I mean, it's not quite as dynamic as I like sort of thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, um, I walked up to a house where a guy was like sweeping or whatever. And like his windows were not like the kind of windows you could like shoot or climb in or like steal. They were like these weird kind of like video game windows like nobody can get in this house kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um and then the guy itself i would i didn't even i wouldn't have my gun out or anything but he was acting really aggressive toward me and like i was just standing nearby him but he was like ah hey get out of here and i was like whoa i'm sorry i didn't mean to set you off i was like is something wrong with me i was confused Mm -hmm. because i was being pretty non-hostile so i had to calm him down i looked around his house i didn't see anything really unique or fun i could mess with i even when i talked to him it was like a basic greeting like hey how are you there wasn't like he wasn't like a character that had anything to him at least wait, at this wait, point wait you calmed him down by entering his house but he told you to get the fuck out of there no no <laughs> what ha- so what happened was you just when you hold l2 you can talk to basically everyone in the game and there's like yeah. a couple basic options so oh. i just did uh a D, what is it? You D have com- you have greet and antagonize. Those are your two two you know yeah. conversation buttons. Yes, you can yeah. you can greet or antagonize that's anyone in the game. Limited. Yeah, that's well. So for the basic ones, yes, that's all I've seen. Although if they're upset, you have the option to like kind of calm them down. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's yeah. It. Once once you antagonize them. They they change one of your buttons from greet to calm down. Yeah, or mm-hmm. whatever the word for that is. Yeah. So basically what I was saying was I was there wasn't like any cool little mini story. He wasn't like a character I could do a lot with. So I said, okay, whatever. So I wandered around. I think I shot like a bunny or something. And I got to the first town and I was, I was just kind of taking it in because this is a very beautiful game. And I, I walked up to the general store and I was like, you know what? I want to get some fishing supplies. And I walked in and they actually had the, the little pamphlet on the desk like in the olden days where you could just order like a catalog and i saw fishing supplies in there but they were locked and i was like god damn it i couldn't order anything yet and so i I was like what the fuck so i looked around the store i ended up googling it in real life and apparently you have to do a story mission in the game that unlocks the fishing Uh which isn't a huge deal but like so far in this like supposedly dynamic open world i walked out and had this really sort of yeah. interaction with a character in his house that would have been out of like eight years ago. And then I walk to the store to just buy a fishing pole in this open world and live my life. And it's this very artificially gated off thing already for me. And, and I'm kind of like, okay. Yeah. I thought this was going to be like the most dynamic open world ever created. That's what I thought I was getting into. Yeah. It's not. It's for for a huge open world game rockstar sure seems to have a hard on for forcing you into you know a single completely linear path for a lot of stuff that um, that, that 
that's how Rockstar operates, though. Like, yeah. That's how, that's how they get you to, you know, eventually do an airplane mission in GTA. Yes. Where you finally yeah, unlock yeah. airplanes or for helicopters yep. or motorcycles. They have to get you to a mission where they feel like they have to tutorialize yep. you to learn all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they Which, do that a lot yeah. in this one. Like, for yeah. example, the first thing I did in this game was turn off the minimap. Because I don't want this fucking ridiculous GTA-looking minimap in the bottom <laughs> corner of my Western game all the time. Oh, I'm going to do that. Don't. Don't. Because the game is <laughs> literally oh. fucking unplayable without that thing on. Because say, you get the story missions, you know? and the major issue is you have a big paper map, which is cool. It's kind of like Zelda. I was talking about how much I enjoyed that back when they did that. Yeah. But anytime you are in a story mission, if you move off of the GPS path they have put down on your minimap for you, the, the mission will just fail out of nowhere. You can't go off the path at all. At all. Without it just giving you a game over screen. And it's ridiculous. I'm supposed to be in this huge fucking open world. If I want to go mm-hmm. to the left of the boulder instead of the right of the boulder, the game is over. Like, yeah. what the fuck, Rockstar? Like, yeah. And they do that an awful lot at the beginning, and I'm hoping that eases up as the game goes on. Uh, yeah, what I've noticed, weirdly enough, is that I'm having more fun just doing the story because they are trying to tell a, a, a intricate story. And like you mm-hmm. guys said, they do reveal a lot of the different mechanics through... Like, a lot of the, the most interesting things that have happened feel kind of scripted. Like, there's a sequence in the story without ruining too much where you'll get your first, like, witness encounter where you'll have to kill someone and then a witness is going to see it. Like, they're, they're, then you have to deal with the situation. So they're going to lead me through all these scenarios, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, I thought, and I'm not trying to judge the game unfairly, but I was expecting a game that was just a little more dynamic in the context of the world itself sort of just going out and doing whatever I wanted. And that has not so far come to pass. But as far as like just sticking to the story, it has been a well, that aspect of it seems fine. Yeah. It seems fine, but it doesn't seem great. Like the combat's still amazing. Well, pretty meh. Really, you don't like the combat, huh? Yeah. The the only interesting thing about the combat is the dead eye. That's around from the first game. Yeah. Like, that's that's the only interesting thing about it. Like, other than that, it's just a poor over-the-shoulder shooter. Well, there's a... I don't know. I think there's a visceral nature to it, but it's just sort of like an auto-e-aim kind of thing. I think... I think I enjoy the combat. I do. And I think the Deadeye stuff is cool, too, but it's nothing revolutionary. But actually, matter of fact, it feels very similar to the way I remember it feeling in the original Red Dead. So I don't... But I'm imagining that there has to be some sort of change there eventually, or maybe it just is a lot smoother because there's no way. <laughs> the it could only, be the the only same. change I've noticed is that Deadeye is now on that whole, essentially stamina sort of meter that you have to manage yeah. with a resource, um, food and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the that's the only change I've noticed so All far. Right. There may be minor differences beyond that, but that's that's the major one. I I'm optimistic that the story will get incredibly interesting mm-hmm. i will say after a couple hours so far the story has been only mildly interesting um yeah which is it's too bad the most interesting character so far i still think is john marston and he's not even the main character of this fucking game mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like hey i know that guy 
Maybe it's just psychological because I hear his voice. But Dutch is supposed to be like the charismatic leader of the band, and he's like all right. Like he's he's fine. He's like he, he's fine. He's fine, and he's still the probably the best character in the game, which is sad. Like you're playing as in order to give you player choice, Dutch's enforcer, so you can kind of play it play the character as you want, and it is the most nothing character I've ever encountered. Like, there's there's just nothing going on there. The Um, the one interesting... Yeah, that's true. The one interesting dynamic about the gang that I think is is fascinating is that they are not... They're bad people in the context of they rob and stuff, but they're not out there to just murder people generally, and they, they treat women fairly and stuff. Like, the first woman you capture, they treat her really nicely, and they're helping her out and stuff. Like, they're not, like, which is is realistic, but in the context of, like, being interesting, it almost makes them a little boring, I guess, <laughs> in a weird way. But they're they're not bad people in the way you'd expect, which I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how that plays out. Um, and the girl, you guys, did you do the mission where you rescued the girl already, Fish, from the house? Yeah, that was the first mission. Yeah, I did that, and I think I also saved John Marston as well. Okay. Did you shoot the wolves and everything? You did that whole thing? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, like, that girl, I think, might become an interesting character, because I think she's with your group at some point. So, like, you... If it's a very... This game might be the slowest burn to where, like, the back half of it might be incredible... But you're still gonna have to slog through. I don't. I don't like to be that kind. I'm not that kind of gamer. I'm not the ADD guy who just needs constant excitement. But I just, at some point, it's like, oh, I don't know. I was just. Yeah, I'm worried about it because that entire opening sequence, getting off the mountain, is like I mentioned before, 100% linear. And that felt slow. So like, as soon as I got to the open world, I just. Like, I just let out the longest fuck. Like, when when am I going to get back to a story at this point? As slow as it was, completely on rails, what sort of pacing are we going to have now? And that's that's my biggest worry so far. No, the, the open world stuff that I've played so far has been much better. Because you're established... The tutorializing is a little more interesting. You're moving around the towns. I think the world is more interesting than just snow. So it's, it's, I, like I said, I'm still enjoying it. Like I still would like to continue playing it. I just, it hasn't gripped me in the way that I expected it would, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just a little dull. And like that raises an in- interesting question that I started thinking about a lot. Like when something can still be an incredible it's still just gorgeous and it's you can tell they put so much time and effort and detail into it but it's just a little dull you know it just seems mm-hmm. a little dull to me so far and i know you could say that's subjective but i am i i just felt i wanted the world to be like the next revolution in, in open world gaming and so far it has not been for me. i yeah i don't know like i've not done the open world stuff yet but all the story stuff they've done so far makes the open world seem completely tangential. Um, it just, I, I, it feels completely disconnected. Like, you're either messing around in the open world or you're in the story. Like, it doesn't well, feel like yeah. the, the two of them well, ever combine in any meaningful way. 
Well, they they do sort of in the fact that you're you're sort of sort of helping you're sort of pumping in your own community and you're growing with your characters as the story's progressing. But I think the thing that fucks with me is that like even if I wanted to just play it like a badass, like fuck it, I'm bored of being the generic good guy. I want to murder everyone and steal everything, and I want to do it my way. I want to only wear black clothes. I want to be a vagabond and let my be dirty and let my beard grow out and all this stuff. Right? The character in the story is not going to match that because the character in the story. Is like this goody. It's, it's got to be lame. a nothing. It's got to be yeah. a nothing. Like, like they literally have no opinion about anything as you go through the game. Like so, so far, yeah. the only thing he's done is slightly doubt Dutch on a couple things, and that's all. Like that's that's the only opinion he's had about anything. Which which is fine, but like I say, if you're gonna go nothing. Go all the way with it, like mm-hmm. a like a link character or a. Yeah, just don't talk at all. Or, yeah, 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 it's like yeah. he talks a lot, but he doesn't say anything. Nothing interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not like John Marston, which I remember. Yeah, John Marston enjoying. had opinions about everything you were doing, and everything that was going on in the story. Like he was an interesting character. You know, they had this problem with GTA Five too. The protagonists you were playing as were boring as sin, and it was like. The Rockstar is a company that's all about fucking, they were all about like rebellion and causing problems and like mm-hmm. moms getting mad about violence and like being rebellious and they're, but their games yeah. lately have just been really boring. And it's just weird to me. Like, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Why are their protagonists so boring? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like I'd rather play as anyone else in the gang than the character I'm playing. Anyone, any of them would have been at least yeah. a character. Sadly. Or the the female character would be interesting because she was sort of mm-hmm. taken over by these creeps, and I don't know if she was molested or what. It's sort of implied that they had her kidnapped in there, or she was hiding or something. Um, and but she seems real mad about some shit. But maybe she could have been interesting. Dutch. Well, you wouldn't really be the gang leader, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, uh, there's this drunken reverend that I just helped mm-hmm. out. There's yeah, your character, and I think that's intentional. They wanted sort of a a neutral vessel for the player, but yeah. I don't know. You got to go all the way with it, right? He's got to be really interesting or a nothing character. You can't put all this work in all this dialogue and make well, him it, just. Yeah, like it's weird. Like you supposedly you're the second command, the enforcer for this gang, and you have zero personality. Like, like, and they, it's weird because they'll like talk about his backstory as you go through missions and stuff. Oh, I was yeah. raised as a boy by this gang. And like, and somehow all that stuff adds up to nothing. Like, they're not giving you extra information about why he is the way he is. Because mm-hmm. the way he is is nothing. There's... Whatever happened... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way he is is nothing. He's yeah, not- like, like they can't have this deep backstory explaining how, you know, this shaped him into the man he is now because they want you to be able to choose whatever that is. And it's well, just Well, and the weird thing is they, they keep alluding to this thing that happened in Blackwater that sounds pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling they're not going to tell you about that till much later on. But that sounded like the cooler opening to the game, in my opinion, because they were like... They yeah, were dropping right? These, they were dropping these clues about something that Butch did to yeah, a girl Yeah, a job gone wrong, but yeah. they pick up with you... And, and, uh, that's, that's another thing, because they pick up with you in the aftermath of a job gone wrong. You're on the run from the law... And have escaped up into the mountains. It's a really cool idea. That's a that's a cool idea. But then the whole reason you escaped up there is because they won't follow you, and they don't. They don't actually follow you. You're you do th- go through the whole intro in the mountains. Basically, 
everything that happens is completely by random chance. Like, you need to go out and yeah. look for men who got separated from the party. You do that, and something random will happen. Yeah. It's one of the slowest, most torturous tutorials I can remember in mm-hmm. a while for a game I was really anticipating. Yeah. Um, and, like, and I think conceptually what they are going for, Josh, uh, is that they wanted you to feel like you were cold and miserable, almost like the Hateful Eight kind of a thing, cramped yeah. up in this area, and then slowly it thawed out. And, like, that feeling of being in the open world finally was supposed to give you that feeling of, like, yeah. um, what that's they a, felt. That's a cool idea. I like, And I feel like parts of the team manage that extremely well, the sound design especially. The sound design on that mountain and during that opening is amazing. The way they are able to just kind of give you the feeling of the wind rattling through the, you know, the abandoned houses that you end up holding up in. It sounds amazing. They did an excellent job with stuff like that. But the story, because, because of kind of what they're going for, it's just not interesting because everything that happens is just random chance. Like, yeah. there's there's yeah, no thread to hold yeah. on to there. You're just kind of, you're just there. It's weird how uninteresting it is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, walk around this cabin and pick up cans of corn and tomatoes mm-hmm. in the snow. And it's like five minutes of that. And it's like, I get the tutorial thing, but there are ways to make tutorials interesting. I refuse yeah. to believe that. The tutorial that in the original Red Dead was much better. Like, yeah. I feel like they I got you into the game itself. It may not have been faster. It's been years since I've played it, so I can't say that it was faster. But it was more interesting because you're, instead of telling you that this crazy thing happened, you're kind of thrust into it immediately with, you know, the the G-men coming to town and telling you that your only way out of your troubles is to do a job sure. for them. And then yeah. you're immediately doing that. It's It's interesting. It's kind of getting you to understand the story and everything going on kind of on a, on a bigger picture scale right away. Man, the thing that made me laugh the most is when I was driving right after that scene and the wag. Did, did you do the part where your wagon wheel breaks off? Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he, the wagon wheel breaks off and you have to get out and slowly pick up the wheel and roll it over and put it back on. And I'm like, good God, as if yeah. I wasn't bored enough, you're going to make yeah, me spend and, five and minutes and also they're the using like heavy rain controls as your uh. button prompts through that. Like it's a quick time event. And it's heavy rain style, Detroit style, like your button prompts are move your joystick a certain way. And it was, oh dear God, like why? Why, why did they think we wanted quick time events for reattaching a wagon wheel? And why did they think the model to follow was fucking Detroit? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I was about an, half an hour after that in the open world when I finally, when I went to bed last night and I was just mm. like perplexed. I've been perplexed. Yeah. But I mean, I will say this. I have been enjoying it more since I've been in the world itself, at least from a story perspective, just doing things mm-hmm. because just wandering around the world, doing whatever I wanted has not proved interesting um, mm. yet, which sucks because I was hearing people tell these stories before the game out, the game came out about they found a weird house or a tent on a hill and they read a note and they were like all these weird little mysteries throughout the world. I haven't seen any of that shit. Mm. I haven't seen any of that shit. I don't know where it is. And, and every time I've had an interaction with a human, like, okay, this happened to me. Today, I was walking up by this mountain, just exploring, right? And there was this um, uh, African-American cowboy camping. 
and I walk up to him on my horse. I'm like five feet away, and he freaks out. He's like, hey, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I didn't do anything aggressive. I guess I was just too close to him. He freaks out, starts shooting me, so then I had no choice but to shoot him back, so I killed him and just kind of looked around his campsite. I think I took his hat and some of his clothing articles, and that was about it. There wasn't really interesting. He had like a case, a special locked case that had like like a, a whiskey in it or something. And I was like, okay, but there wasn't, like, it was mm. weird, and the interaction I had was, like, strange. Like, I didn't feel like I did anything to initiate a violent, like, encounter from this from this, from this person. So, yeah. like, I don't know, it's kind of, it left me scratching my head. I'm, You know, I'm just like... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see the open world, because, like I said before, the intro has none of it, um, which is sad. No, no, it's just tutorial. That's all fucking tutorial. That's all that you guys are in right now. Yeah, but, and that's that's pathetic. That's pathetic. Like, what's to teach at this point? I I understand that this is going to be someone's video. first open world game or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. But get that. if it's supposed to be an open world game, I mean, for example, literally the first time you get control of Spider Man in, you know, which just came out, you are in control of him in an open world. You can go wherever immediately. The, f- the first and basically only tutorial is how to swing. You learn how to swing, and you can go wherever. Explore the city. Well, and this is like the exact opposite of that. I think it's the context of trying to get you to know the characters before mm-hmm. you settle down in camp. But again, I think there's a more interesting way to do it. I think the way they did it was boring, but I mm-hmm. think they could have done it better. Yeah. Blackwater, baby. What happened in Blackwater? <laughs> Um, anyways first impressions I don't want to go too crazy you know because fish is still fish is one hour in that's nothing he is not even to the open world yet you just got there I Mm -hmm. got there two hours ago let's take a week or so to just soak this thing in I don't want people to think I'm being too negative these are just first impressions I'm fully impressions of the intro which is pathetic. Basically, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very, very, very dull tutorial. And I can tell you right now, for me so far, the open world has been not as amazing as I expected. But let's give it some more time. Let's digest it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, Fish, you finally played mm-hmm. Into the Breach on Vacation. Yes. I downloaded it on the Switch, and my god, that game is a perfect game for traveling around, being on vacation in a foreign land. Oh, man. It it, it just... In a foreign land. (laughs) Foreign land of Montana. Yep. Um, Yeah, it's a perfect handheld game, I think. Um, But, yeah, yeah, I've been enjoying that game. I was... You know, hearing you guys talk about that game, um, I kind of just like brushed it aside as like, oh, it's just a strategy game. You know, nothing special about it. But once you actually play that game... All we did was tell you there was something special about it for months. (laughs) Is that what you hear when we talk about things? (laughs) Yeah, that game is something special. Um, Yeah, it's a... It's a very brutal game. Like, if you play it on, like, if you started out at normal, I couldn't, I couldn't get past, you know, like the first, I think I got past the first island, but like soon after, like I quickly lost my team and had to jump to another timeline. Um, but yeah, that, I I had to drop it down to easy and that game was, I guess, a, a better difficulty to kind of grasp what you're doing in that game as far as 
all the different stuff you could do because it doesn't tell mm-hmm. you anything that you could do with like the mechs that you have. And there's, I think there's like 10 different, um, mech, um, guards, I think they're called or teams that, uh, you get to unlock throughout the game and they all pretty much have like different play styles. Mm-hmm. Um, they have different themes, but, um, they play off pretty much all the mechanics that are already in the game. Uh, so like, there's like this, uh, the flame, uh, behemoths that like generally like the main mech like sets things on fire whenever he punches them and there's another mech that shoots off uh fire essentially you want to like da- it's you want to damage your enemies and go off of that type of play style whereas other uh, um other uh mechs that you control kind of have different play styles as well. They're all very different, and I'm enjoying that because it you engage the game in a much different way each playthrough. And yeah. um, I've been enjoying it. Like it's it just feels very fresh each time you unlock a new uh, mecha group. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that game is. What's great. your what's your go to team so far? Do you only have a couple unlocked? Um. Let's see. I think I have five of them unlocked. Five out of the ten that you can mm-hmm. unlock. Um, uh, but yeah, I really enjoy the flame behemoths. Like flame at, behemoths. Okay. Yeah. At first, I didn't enjoy them one bit because they they don't do that much damage. Um, so you have to rely heavily on fire. But is once... it residual damage? Like they slowly kill things, kind yeah. of thing. Okay. You yeah. set things on fire, and they just do damage over time. Mm-hmm. And your environment, I assume, you could mm-hmm. set on fire too. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's how you get the uh, the vex to the the aliens uh, that you're trying to destroy. That's how you get them on fire. Is you push them into the fire, or you just oh, set them on okay. fire. Um, and you can use that to your advantage to like. Uh, it's more of like a long term type of thinking ahead. Slow thing, all, all yeah. your moves. Yeah. So I, I've been enjoying that. Um, I really like the Zenith Guard uh, when I first unlocked them. That was, I think that was the first one that I unlocked uh, besides the Rift Walkers, which is what you start with um, because of that one mech that has like that big laser that does a like, bunch of damage up front, does like three damage, and you can upgrade that uh, mm-hmm. for more damage if you like. But um, Yeah, yeah it's it, like a big laser that does less damage as it goes on, but so it's mm-hmm. like strategic. And then there's the one that seems useless at first that's like... Uh, What's the third one in there? It's like a weird a uh, the, shield thing. The science bot, yeah, the one that can yeah. like pull things towards it or yeah, shield right. shield your shield. The either uh, or thing is cool. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard. It's a hard game to explain to people because it just maybe doesn't look that interesting. But what I try to tell people, other than the fact that I don't normally like strategy games and I love it, is that it's completely randomized and all these teams play differently. So every time you get into a battle, even if it's the same area, it's all randomized. So it'll happen differently. And that keeps it from getting mm-hmm. boring. Yeah. 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 And it's like chess. It's like randomized chess sort of in a way mm-hmm. like it's you're slowly moving around a grid. It's not exactly like chess, but I'm just saying that's sort of how the, the pacing of the, the fighting plays out. Yes. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You have to take your time about each turn. Uh, the placement of all your uh, mechs um, like a lot of times like I'll not a lot of times but there'll be times where like I'll 
place my mech in such a way that like I destroy all the Vex, but like my last move to actually destroy all the Vex on the screen was one move that would like destroy one of my buildings, the power grid, and I'd be like, oh no, that this is terrible. Like I I made all these moves just to get to this one point where now I have to actually damage the power grid, which you're trying to prevent because you're trying to save the people of this uh, one area on this island, and you want to get out of it yeah, with the least amount of oh. damage. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, tricky. Yeah, sometimes that's vexing to come across uh, certain situations uh, like that. Vexing. But... <laughs> uh <-huh>. Hey, sometimes <laughs> you have to construct additional pylons. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, pylons? What do you mean? Never mind. Okay. No, you Different can't never game. mind fish. There's li if fish doesn't get it, our listeners I, ain't gonna get it. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't get it. Oh, our listeners will get it. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Alright, well, that's confidence. Um, and if you don't get it, just email us. Swordchomp at gmail.com and, mm -hmm. we'll and, and if you do get it, go ahead and DM me on Instagram, please. <laughs> Also, you know, you're single you know all this talk about this game just makes me realize that you didn't listen to my episode where I talked with Justin Ma, one of the creators of Into the I, Breach. I did. I just didn't finish it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, he started it. He listened to the first three minutes and no, then did not finish them. I think I listened to the first 15 minutes of it. Can you believe that, Shay? He was telling us that we we were. He was like, "Oh, it just looked like a regular old strategy game." We've been telling him for half a year that it was I amazing, know, man. and it's like you just want in one dick and out the other. I just don't get it. Out my other dick, yeah. In, <laughs> in one, in one. Speaking one of which, snake, why isn't that on your Tinder profile? In one dick and out the other. That seems necessary. Hmm. <sighs> I'll think about it, Josh. Okay. It's not a, it's not a fair surprise. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody wants to come across that. I just, I just can't believe... That's what it's like sometimes with Fish. He's our best friend, and like I just try to get... That's what it's like. You just tell him things over and over, and it's like how much you love it. And Shay did an interview, and all he heard was, eh, it just looked like a strategy game to me. <laughs> just... Yeah. I think nice I said on this podcast, it, it's finally. my... Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. It, that's it true. is a strategy game. It is a strategy game. But but boy, I'm, I'm but glad you were able howdy, to ascertain that best? from all the information we gave <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> boy, howdy. It's a good one. But it sounds like it works well on the... Do you use the touchscreen for it, or do you actually use the no, controls? use the controls. Okay. I don't think you can use the touchscreen. At least I didn't try. Uh, the controls just work mm. perfectly fine. It's very responsive. Um <laughs> intuitive uh i will say though like the story is like there's a good amount of story in that game that's just not like told no. right at you but mm -hmm. like the world building type of stuff in there where like you have these different characters that you pull from different timelines that you slowly unlock um and they have their different abilities that they bring to the mechs um and like when, whenever you go through each island it's not a total victory because eventually, like, after so much, so many uh, areas that you save, eventually the Vec do take over those certain areas. So it's never, like, this total yeah. end-all victory at each island. It's always this constant feeling of, like, 
well, fuck, I'm just trying to do as least Yeah, just try to save what you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that feeling of hopelessness, uh, even though, you know, you go through a whole island perfectly. Um, and whenever you do actually go through a whole island without taking any uh, power grid damage, like, they reward you um, with, like, either a pilot or an upgrade or um, one of those upgrade things, that, reactors that you can put into mm-hmm. one of your mechs as well. Um, this yeah, this game has like a lot of depth to it and a lot of customization to mm-hmm. these different mechs as well. So mm-hmm. it's randomized, it. so like a pilot can crash down and you try to save him. So there's a little strategy there because if he can die and if you save him, you're like, who did I get? Who did I get? And it's like a random pilot or something, which is kind of cool or an ability or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff. Stuff. Yeah, it's 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 a really cool thing. If you have not played Into the Breach, you should at least try it. Maybe you won't be as high on it as we are, but everyone should at least try the game. And it's on the Switch. It's like fifteen bucks, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. fifteen bucks, yeah, well how worth could it. You not? Absolutely, how could it you is not. It is it is one of the best tactics games in a long, long time. It is it is very very good. Mm-hmm. The fact that every time he plays a different team, it changes the game so much, but yet it all feels balanced, just blows my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. that they were able to balance all those teams and all those random things, they keep it fresh. Like, that's... I hate those kind of games, and I fucking was obsessed with it for, like, two weeks, so that's... That can either tell you it's great, or I have terrible taste. You can pick your choice, but I'm telling you that (laughs) (laughs) I, I love that game, and I hate... I usually hate strategy games to a point, so... Usually because I'm impatient. It's quick, too. Quick little hitters. Like, you know, like if I'm in a 40-minute battle and fire emblem and I lose, I just want to throw my DS off the balcony at my house and watch it burn into a fiery Well, part of that is also that if you screw up that much in a game of Fire Emblem, your reward is to replay the same thing. Yes, yes. And in this one, if you screw up, you kind of learn something from it and you start over. Yeah, and And you might start over with some stuff mm -hmm. that you had. Maybe a pilot. If he didn't die. Yeah. 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 It's not um, too punishing. Like you could just mm. jump right back in. Like you could go through that campaign if you know what you're doing pretty easily and, you know, do the bare minimum of like two islands. Then you get to the final island and, you know, get a victory f- from that. But um, part of the fun is just going through all the islands with, you know, just a certain mech group and see how long you could last and get to the final, final island. Have you done a four island run with a victory at the end? Yeah, I have. Yep. On normal? Mm-hmm. Are you lying? No. <laughs> Why don't you believe me? I'm just checking. I, I can show you my medals. My uh okay. my into the breach medals. Right. Adorning you can... <laughs> my chests here. You can show me your medals later. Um so yeah, a little into the breach update. Uh uh, last poll, cross code, and then I want to get to the Patreon shoutouts. Boom, 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 boom. The very last poll we can finish up was just about PSVR. You know, Josh and Fish and Shay have come to terms. I'm, I'm pretty much done just fighting the VR fight because I, it's you know it's an endless battle that has no recourse for me at this point. Um, but it was great to have Josh and Fish up here because they both got to play Moss all the way through, and they both got to play Astrobot, which is supposed to be like the killer app. It's basically a Mario quality platformer completely in VR. It's it's that revolutionary. But it got me thinking about whether is something revolutionary if nobody plays it. You know, like is Mario 64 revolutionary if nobody plays it? And I don't have the answer to that. I don't I don't know because, you know, 
this is feels like the next progression for platforming, especially in VR. But I mean, no one's gonna play it. It's gonna be like what five hundred thousand people out of millions that play Mario. So if it doesn't have that sort of impact long term, then can it really be thought of as being that revolutionary? You know, I I don't know. It's kind of sad. Um, but I asked our audience, I said, is it, no matter how good Astrobot is, is it too late for VR? And yes, they said, of course they, I knew what they were going to say. I was just putting it up there anyway. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one of them. Um, fifth, it actually was better. When I went to bed that night, it was 80 to 20 and I felt like crying myself to sleep. <laughs> um, when I huh. woke up the next day, it was 54 to 46. So it was actually eh, pretty close. Yeah. And basically what I said was, uh, com- uh, be, uh, is it too late? For V for this, or I need to get a PSVR. So it did better than I thought, and maybe it'll have. You know, it's been quietly selling more copies than people think it has, but yeah. it's niche. I think it's always just going to be niche at this point. Yeah, I feel like they needed this a year ago because it it's just it's it's a full game, which is kind of the biggest selling point that a game has needed in VR, and basically the only other one before that has been. Resident Evil 7, and a lot of people don't like horror games. Like, they have needed yeah. more full games in VR to really sell people on it. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah, I just, I feel like it is too late. And yeah, it, it's kind of sad because I think had we had more like this, I think it might have caught on a little more. So. Maybe, maybe, and Sony didn't do a lot to push it this year either, and I blame Sony for that. I mean, we we were talking about this when we were smoking a cigar outside my house before you guys left, that we think this game was an accident. We don't think Sony realized what they had on their hands until it came out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is what it is, but it's, I read an article that it quietly sold 3 million copies, the uh, PSVR, that's, so. That's not bad. That's not bad at all, but. Yeah. Yeah, especially compared to the other VRs, but it's still compared to what I was hoping, which would be like 10 million or so. It's I don't think it'll ever get there, um, barring well, a miracle. I think it's priced well too. Like it's a pretty good deal for 40 bucks. You get that full. It's a full, you know, platforming experience. Oh, you're um, talking about the game, the game yeah. Astrobot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's well, just like most things. Yeah, it, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I mean, the issue there is that it's basically the first full game for a lot of people who, like I said, aren't, aren't interested in horror games. So it's 40 bucks on top of getting a PSVR. And, and I feel like that's the big yeah. sell. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the big thing I tell you guys for me is that like, if there's ever, a, if like every PSVR game was like five bucks, you could spend 50 bucks and get like 20 games and that would be amazing or whatever it is. I didn't actually do the math, so it's probably wrong. But, um, most VR games are not super cheap. Like Moss is incredible. Could be one of my favorite games of the year. It was still like thirty bucks, and you can beat that thing in two yeah. days. And you know, I think that's a still reasonable. It's 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 reasonable. It's just convincing somebody to get the game or to get to get the hardware, rather, at all is still the big thing. And mm-hmm. yep. Astrobot is definitely a step in the right direction, but it. Yeah, they should have started making a few steps a couple years ago. Um, yep. So. Yeah, and then doing a better job of promoting it and stuff like that. So it is what it is. I'm still happy that it's not 
I actually sent you guys this the other day, but I actually saw I see PlayStation VR ads all the time on Instagram. It's really weird. Hmm. But for what it's worth, Astrobot is fantastic. It is a Mario quality kind, of, and it gets better as it goes along. So I mean, it's 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 just a really fantastic game. Uh, it's too bad more people won't get to play it, but uh, it's a really cool thing for those that have VR and magical that it came out when you guys were down here on vacation so you got to try it out mm-hmm. that was just the hands of fate um so what's this cross code game you guys we know ran out of time last week what's this cross code game that you guys have been uh talking about yeah, yeah it is so it's like oh, <laughs> anyway it's it's a uh it's it's a uh an action rpg Made by just like a small independent company who uh, actually this wasn't wasn't Kickstarter, but I'm, it was Indiegogo. I'm like ninety percent sure. I'm pretty sure it was Indiegogo. Um, but anyway, it's been uh, in development for a decent amount of time at this point, several years, um, and finally came out here um, at the beginning of the month. Mm. Um. I'm looking at it right now. Sans, okay. Sans, they've they've said they've already got plans for a couple extra, um, like end game content slash, uh, um, epilogue type patches in the coming, however long it takes, um, but still, still, even without that, it's like a sixty seventy hour game, um. But it it is really good. It is really good. Yes. Um, it does the major thing. It does like the story is good and everything. But like the major sticking point for most action RPGs is the combat. You you usually end up with just kind of boring generic. Just, just just hit A over and over again until things die type combat with a lot of action RPGs. And the way this handles combat is just great. Like, I feel like I've not played an action RPG this good in a long time. Um, it's pretty accurate. I love the combat in this. I love how you have to transition between close combat, ranged, and defending like using Mm -hmm. a shield and you actively need to use that shield which is a lot of times in video games when they give you that option to block or use a shield i don't i should but i don't sometimes i just (laughs) i like rambo i don't i'm not a big strategy guy Mm -hmm. at times with certain games and this one it forces you to have to use that shield and for me it's been a little bit of rewiring how i play video games a little bit kind of like into the breach did yeah um, it's it's rewiring how you play an action RPG, and you see a lot of benefits from it because you do a lot of really cool combos based off of how you utilize those three main actions in the combat. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's a lot of strategy, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that it that <laughs> that took me a while as well because in most games you like here's the block button. I'm going to give it to you in a tutorial. You'll never use it again. And in this one you do because like bosses will have certain attacks that it's better to dodge and certain attacks that are like just volleys of stuff that you, there's no way you'll ever be able to dodge all of it. Like the, the point is you, you need to block these things and they give you attacks through that 
consistently through the whole game. It's not like, uh-oh, I've, I've not done this in, you know, five hours, and all of a sudden a boss is doing an attack that I have to block again. Like, it's... Right. It's stuff you have to do to get through basically every combat encounter. Um, hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I like that about it. How much is it? Cheap? I I need to go look. I backed it Might years ago, whenever it first... But I, yeah, 20, $20 sounds right. Can, oh, wow. Let me I'll look. tell you this. The music is sublime in sublime? this game. Yeah. It is All sublime. Right. It is incredible. It literally is sublime. Uh, you know, I, I remember booting it up and... Uh, what? Santeria. Santeria was oh, the, yeah. the opening credits. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. No, no, in all yeah. seriousness, it's um the music's phenomenal. It harkens back to older uh JRPGs in that during that era of like what it graphically is kinda going for. And mm-hmm. the one thing and speaking of graphics is um it was a little weird, but then it got it got fixed. If you have an older version or I can't it, exactly explain it if you have like an older file with the game the graphics are a little bit uh disjointed like the frame rates are a little bit disjointed but if it's updated the game looks very fluid mm-hmm. very hmm. fluid yeah, which okay. if, if you're so. just hearing about this now you're going to be playing off the new version but um yeah yeah like it's it's gone through a few changes through its life cycle to yes. make it more yeah more, yeah. Maybe, maybe more that'll fluid. come to uh, the Switch eventually. They're getting all the Nindies anyway, right? Hmm. Possibly. I don't know about that, but it's uh, <laughs> it's well, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, you could theoretically play it as a as a dual stick shooter, but the mouse really helps in order to make the the yes. dual sticks yeah. precise enough to really do what you want. Yeah. Right. Um. Because there's some right. precision yeah. puzzle stuff going on in there that would probably be a little frustrating if you're trying to get pixel perfect controls with a stick. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think about like some other games, not that are not Meat Boy, that you're trying to you know be very precise on. Yeah. Like Meat Boy well, is the exception of the rule when you're playing with like a dual stick, but for the most part, I just don't feel like they are. Yeah, that's accurate enough for a game like this. Yeah. However, uh, the last the last patch that I actually I saw this like a day before. It's it's only been a day or two, but like the last patch, they added in difficulty options similar to like what Celeste had, which is great. Like more games need difficulty options that are really granular, so you can change like what sort of thing you you just like you physically can't do. Um, and with this one, yeah. they have options to slow down the timing requirements of some of the puzzles, which near the end of the game, like you're not there yet. They get ridiculously exacting for some of these puzzles. Um, and okay. having that as an option, I could see them making it workable with dual sticks instead of having to use a mouse to make you yeah. just to let you have enough control for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see it. It, it it being a possibility anyway. So yeah, yeah, no, I like that they they integrated that. I mean, it just I like that they're giving players the option. Like if they, it, to me, like I kind of relate it. I don't I don't know best way I can think about it. I relate it to kind of like a math problem where 
you know, when you would learn about math in junior high school and high school, um, you learned the one method. If you had, if mm-hmm. you didn't have a great teacher, you learned the one method, and that's the one method they wanted you to stick to. But there are mi- many ways to solve a math problem. I mean, there there are many different ways you come to that. And I kind of, in a weird way, relate it to difficulty and like trying to solve puzzles in a video game. Like there are certain puzzles in a video game where your brain just doesn't work the way that they're trying to force you to make it work. So to throw Mm -hmm. that difficulty option in there, it's like, well, my brain isn't particularly attuned to this kind of puzzle. So I can drop the difficulty a little bit if I need to. And I think that's, I think it's smart. I think way more games need stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Puzzle games in particular. uh, Even, even stuff like Spider-Man did this change like they gave you the option to change button mashing into just holding the button down like that's that's nice as an option if you just physically can't jam on the button like that and also because why would you want to i'm so over jamming on buttons just anyway like i like it's still possible to do it for me like i'm not not such an old man that i can't jam buttons but (laughs) but why why are you making me do this like it's not been fun ever and somehow it's just still around in so many games. Um, right. Yeah, just like, just give, exactly. you, give people the options to not just, you know, like all of a sudden you're playing on easy mode and all the answers to the puzzles are given to you and enemies die in one hit. Like, giving you the options to change what you're having difficulty with is just, it's, 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 a, it's really nice. It's, it's something that... It's, it's welcome. A, yeah, it's, it's a very welcome, welcome for change. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree cool. with that. But um, all right. Well, the, we. Oh, sorry. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, oh, I was gonna say. I was gonna say dialogue in this game is heavily for me been one of the big draws in the game. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. because usually when you play JRPGs, you think corny ass dialogue. Yeah, you think Final yeah. Fantasy level corny dialogue. But this game is not that at all. Like the dialogue has been super interesting. Yeah. Um, Each character has this very distinct personality, and you can tell through their dialogue, and it's incredible. Like just like you, you are reading this dialogue, and it's it's like a it's like an extreme version of like when you read a book and you add your own voice. Like you think Mm -hmm. of what would this person's voice sound like, and you kind of get this idea in your head. And for me, with this game, it's just such an extreme example of that in a, in the best way possible because of how well written the dialogue is and how well each mm-hmm. character you meet every single one of them is fleshed out you can tell they yeah they put a lot of time into each character like mm-hmm. there's one character yeah, and, that uh, you run into kinda... oh good well uh, the the main hook in this game is that it's kind of an MMO but real, which sounds kind of played out with like Sword Art Online and stuff like that. But yeah, but they yeah. they're going for something much more interesting than the vast majority of you know media that, using that idea yes, on this one. Yes. But but the big thing with that is that a lot of the people you're interacting with are from all over the place. So they're like, well, they they understand English. They're talking English because they're in this MMO playing on an English server essentially but mm-hmm. uh, like they'll still like 
default into like their own language if they get angry or or laughing at something and stuff like that. And so you get a lot right. of texture to like each, through each yeah to like each of the characters as you're playing through. And it's like like Shay yeah. was saying, it's really really well written dialogue between yeah. all of them because of that. You like you just you feel their personality right away with right. all these characters. Yeah, one of one of the main characters you roll around with, she's French, and like Josh is saying, she defaults back to that. Um, one of the characters that you end up like having a rivalry with in the game feels exactly like Gary <laughs> from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the ship the ship captain. I don't is remember very Gary much... having much of a personality though. Well, but that same sort of just like he takes a rivalry Arrogance. way more Arrogance seriously than anyone has a right to. Type of a thing. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just the characters are very well done. That's the that's the the TLDR version well, of it is essentially what I'm saying. And the dialogue and the characters are just well written mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Cool. Well, um, all right. And the story's well, interesting too. So, mm-hmm. sounds cool. Crosscode. If you want to check it out, Crosscode is the uh, the game. You should look for it. Um, but we have a very special Patreon shoutouts planned as we round out the show here for our listeners. Again, our Patreon supporters mean the world to us, and uh, we wanted to put like these fun little skits together for them um, once a month for anyone that supports us for three dollars or more. So we can all whip out our our uh, <coughs> scripts here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, we are, Fish, are we're gonna ready? put on a little play. <clears throat> Good to go. All right, Josh, are you ready? Mm-hmm. For your one line of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. How many lines of go. dialogue do I have? None. I'm, oh, damn it! None. But I got a good voice. Four men on horses ride along the dusty trails. The landscape sprawling out in front of them. A light breeze attempts to cool the riders as the sizzling sun beats down. Their black and brown hats shield their faces as they take in the rolling hills the patchy vegetation, and the occasional skittish wild creature. The vegetation slightly leans and sways with the gentle draft, existing to paint an image of equilibrium. The lively organisms, the cases of star matter bustling about in their planar existence, dash and hide from the four, as they know not what these beings are. Ad infinitum, the meditations swirl and eddy. Shay, shut the hell up. Do you doubt more ayahuasca tea? We're supposed to be transporting it, not partaking in it. If the universe presents itself unto you, do you not partake in all of its splendor? You've lost it. Look, there's the tracks. We need to hurry if we want to catch them. The visitors of the precarious deny the merit to articulate 
assembling an imitation of obscurity. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're silent. We ain't paying Josh and Morgan for the words. We're paying them for quick hands and those guns on their waist. Just be quiet until we catch up to them lawbreakers. Five hours later. Uh. Are you coming down now? Yeah, I made a terrible choice. Think you have a problem, partner. Anyways, looks like we're setting up camp. There's so many of them. How are we going to arrest 18 criminals with just the four of us? Andrew? Christian? Daniel? Epidemic? Facundo? Ryan? Gilbert? Jesus Christ! Ivan? Jackie? Kane? Juan? Jeffrey? Michelle? Rich? Tony? Zach? Cosmic Zach and Kevin. Well, looks like we're gonna have to do some strategizing. I got this. Here, look after my horse and gun. Wait, what are you doing? Where are you going? Oh boy. Doggone it, he's walking into the camp with his hands up. Lovely. They're stripping him bare. Oh no. What in tarnation? They're pulling their pants down and spitting on their ding-ongs. Dear God, they're taking turns. While Michelle and Cosmic Zack whip out their cowhide whips? Boys, we're riding on these dirty motherfuckers. Giddy up! Good job keeping a straight face on that. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's not like you said they were whipping odd. out their cow, cow hide. Like, you started to say something else, and then... Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's all good. Yeah. So, that went from criminal chase to uh, criminal orgy real quick. But, um, anyways, yeah. I just wanted to... Uh, Thank you to all the patrons that continue to donate money so we can, you know, keep this podcast running and achieve our dreams. And thank you to the new uh, patrons. Thank you very much. I hope you're looking forward to the uh, monthly depravity that we prepare for you. <laughs> so, and mm-hmm. of course, Josh's uh, SpongeBob voice that he always brings to the table so effortlessly. Mm. So, thank you guys very much for uh, subscribing. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, thank you so much. Very, very much. The most much. The, the most much. The muchest. The muchest. Um, so, anyway, it's been a fun show. Next week, we'll have all sorts of... We're going to dig real deep into Red Dead. 
Um, so that's and we'll, it, so that is going to be the Red Dead of all Red Dead shows. Hopefully, you liked our teaser this week. It's been fun. Shay is a side podcast where he interviews uh, game developers. And it's called Evoking the Sublime. You should check that out if you don't subscribe to that podcast already um, on iTunes and various other places. I have a podcast where I interview composers. It's called In the Blood. You should subscribe to that if you don't subscribe to that already. Our Patreon page I've already mentioned several times. Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. All your donations mean the world to us. It's been a great show. Looking forward to seeing everybody next week. We're going to play some Red Dead. Fall is in the air. Life is good. And that's pretty much it. Right, Fish? That's right. Rooting and tooting. Rooting and tooting. <laughs> Rooting and tooting. We're going to send them along. Redden but, um, and deaden. Redden and deaden. Um, but yeah, so uh, we it's been a fun show. And we will see you next. I'm dragging this out for a reason. We will see you next week. What's going on around here? <laughs> <laughs>